Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and this is Joey. Hey, how's it going? And today we've got a special uh, episode format for you. We're going to be talking about two movies that are actually the same movie. We're going to be talking about Aladdin 1992 and Aladdin 2019. The original cartoon Aladdin and the live action remake. He faced the galloping hordes. A hundred bad guys with swords. Who sent those goons to their lord? My Prince Ali. He's got 75 golden cattle. This is a Disney classic. The 1992 version was directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, and the 2019 version was directed by Guy Ritchie. I had no idea this was directed by Guy Ritchie. Did you? Yes, they showed his name like a thousand times in the opening at the very credits. Be- at the very beginning, yeah. But as soon as I sat down, I was like, oh, wow, this is directed by Guy Ritchie. I had no idea. Before yeah. that, I had, I thought, yeah, nothing. I There's, had no idea. It was definitely a surprise for me, yeah, before I went to the theater. but And it definitely has like Guy Ritchie feel to it, too, doesn't it? It does, at certain parts, and we'll talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. I watched this movie on dvd definitely on dvd same for i do own a copy of this film also yes i also own a copy that's in my possession that's correct um i also and then i watched it on the in theaters yes obviously the new one i watched the new one in theaters obviously but the original obviously watched it on dvd which because it was so easy to get a copy um this movie is if you didn't know the original aladdin is locked in the disney vault right now turn the key Lock it away. Which is kind of amazing in the in the age of instant access to basically anything. It's bizarre to not have access to such a classic film. It is bizarre because, like, I mean, we're going to talk about more about the whole reason why they went into the remake business in the first place. But if Disney's goal is to make money, then they kind of lost my business here in a way. You know, like I could have I was very happy to rent this movie purchase it outright if I had the opportunity, but because I couldn't, I had to go about it in a different way. And so Disney kind of lost my business in a way by not um, uh, making this film accessible to me. Right. And, exactly. and like anyone who wants to watch this movie, who has a hankering to watch the movie, like any other movie, you can go out there and be like, oh, I'm just going to rent it right now. Aladdin, other Disney classics, not an option. Maybe uh, that's part of the plan, though, and they just need you to show up. It's basically the same movie. Go see it in the theater. God, I don't know about that. Well, we'll see what happens with the streaming service, because in the streaming service, they, they may have seasons, right, where like Aladdin's available for a year, and then it goes out of style or something, but maybe they'll have everything available all at once. Which would be amazing. And, and if it is available, it'll definitely be the only place it's available uh, yes. once Disney's streaming service goes on. But again, we're going to talk about this. This all kind of relates to the whole idea of remaking Disney classics, which is obviously something we're going to get to the bottom of uh, in today's episode. Joey, go ahead and give us the synopsis of both Aladdin movies. A street rat goes on an impressive lying streak. That is Aladdin, both 1992 and 2019. Uh, Before we get to comparing the new to the old, we're going to just talk about some Easter eggs that we noticed when watching both movies. Joey, I think you've got the first one. Yeah, so there's actually a Wilhelm scream. This is the first one we've seen in a while. 
there was like quite a few at the very beginning of this podcast venture. Now <laughs> they show up occasionally. We have one in the uh, old one, uh, and you said there was one in the new one too. Yeah, there's a I can't remember exactly. It was early in the Will Smith scenes where he okay. he tosses something off screen, and you hear a uh, a Wilhelm oh, scream very because the Wilhelm scream in in the original happens when like the like the palace is collapsing or something. I think when Genie is lifting up the palace, right. Yeah. Um, then they, the rocks are falling, and then people are screaming and running away, and there's a Wilhelm scream right in there. And there's keepers. Ah, boo boo. Very noticeable. <laughs> Very nice. I actually didn't notice it in the original, but I definitely noticed it in the new one. I, I was the other way around. Um, at the very end of the movie, there genie lifts up the uh, um, like the screen or something, and there's a little thing in this corner. It says BG fourteen fifty four, and I looked it up, and it's not that exciting, but it is a reference to kind of inside baseball, like a little bit like a behind the scenes, because that's a stands for background. That's what the BG stands for. So this was like the actual like serial number they used for that background when they were creating the film in the first place. Um, and then it was just kind of like a little hint to like, oh, hey, animators, like, look at all the work you did. Like, here's a little hint at that in the corner. It's always hidden, but you never see. So wait, why is that inside thing. baseball? Well, just because it's like inside the I mean, inside the industry. That's what oh, I mean. OK, yeah. And and that's the part where the genie's like made you look or whatever, right. um, which is kind of cool. You know, he's so powerful that he even can transcend the, the, the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are also. Some like for me, the most noticeable thing that I did, uh, that was like a surprise to me, something I didn't remember from my childhood was the uh, Easter eggs of other Disney films that appear in the 1992 Aladdin. Yes. So um, one of them is the beast. He shows up on in the Sultan's Tower of Animals. So he, the Sultan is stacking animals and each other like little figurines i don't even know the sultan is so whimsical in this and if there's like one scene where you see it like really close up and there's the beast like right there um and he, like clearly like a little action figure and he's just like i don't know just like among the, the animals yeah yeah just stacked in the little pot tower right there, really and there yeah there's no doubting it it's definitely him it's it's as obvious as when hercules is wearing scar <laughs> in uh in, in the hercules movie you remember that no i do not remember that he's like posing for a painting and he's wearing scar as like a fur like jacket basically that's crazy <laughs> it's, it's just like oh okay um another another reference to disney movies was when aladdin asks the genie for the first time can you make me a prince and the, the genie pulls out a cookbook and he's like hmm let's see chicken a la king and he like pulls out a chicken that has a crown on he's like no, not that. Um, Alaskan king crab. And he pulls out Sebastian from The Little Mermaid. It's just straight yeah. up Sebastian. And he just throws him off screen. So um, so I noticed that one. And then another Disney cartoon reference is Pinocchio. When Aladdin first, or well, when Aladdin asks what he should wish for, or asks the genie what the genie would wish for, the genie is like, oh, no one's ever asked me that. I would wish for my freedom, right? He explains that whole concept of a genie never being free. And then Aladdin was like, oh, I'll I'll free you. I'll use my third wish to free you. And then the genie's head turns into Pinocchio and his nose shoots out. And he's like (laughs) implying that Aladdin is lying. Um, It's just another great use of it. It's That was just a very recognizable reference, whether it was Disney or not. You know, it's a great way to emote that you think someone's lying. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, I mean, there's tons of different things that he references. He feel like pretends to be Jack Nicholson and so many other different like famous pop culture ref- like oh, I- icons and stuff. Yeah, he was being Rodney Dangerfield when he was losing at chess. Like, I can't yeah. believe I'm losing at chess to a carpet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's his whole character is just like filled with those. So I I don't think all of them are worth mentioning. But there's so many that you can miss just because they're so quick too. Yeah, oh yeah, but they just build up this character of Robin Williams genie, and, and we'll get yeah. into that a little bit later. One last thing. So the merchant at the very beginning who's like telling the story of Aladdin, he's like selling his wares. So um, some people have theorized that he's actually the genie in disguise. Um, and actually, uh, later on, they asked the makers of the film and they said in the original cut, there was supposed to be a reveal at the end that that merchant was the genie, um, but it got cut for time or for whatever re- reasons. But the, all the clues are there that he is, in fact, the genie. And of course, the merchant is voiced by Robin Williams. So it all makes sense. Ah, yeah. And I mean, that kind of goes between both movies because that's if, right. If that's true, the genie is telling both stories. That's right. Okay. So I think right now we're going to go through the main meat of this podcast. I uh, want to compare key elements of both movies and come to kind of a consensus about whether Disney remakes are worth it or not. And we'll use Aladdin as our case study. Yes. Well, because so. I think. A lot of people already have their opinion on this. Uh, I kind of already had my opinion before I went into this, basically saying, like, do you think that Disney remakes are a good idea or not? I know a lot of people are hype about The Lion King, and they're like, I can't wait. But at the same time, people are seeing things like remaking Aladdin. You're like, is this really necessary? Um, But you can't know unless you go and watch the movie, unfortunately, uh, because you're going to give them your money, and to them, it's going to look like a good idea. But I think if you're going to properly form your opinion on this you have to see the movie so that's what we're doing today we're going to actually talk about what we saw and decide if this is a good idea or not and of course like we're both a little biased right i mean we've seen aladdin the old aladdin before and everything and we're 90s kids yeah and change is always going to be kind of like difficult but i i try to go into the remake with an open mind i saw that one first before i rewatched the old one um and i was like i was impressed with some elements so we'll go through and talk about it Yes, no, I, I think that we're going to try to be open-minded and be fair about this. So let's, let's, let's quit talking about it and let's get okay. to it. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing we're talking about is Aladdin versus Aladdin. So in the original Aladdin, he's, very, he's kind and clever. Um, he steals because he has to, right? He's willing to risk a lot for Jasmine. Um, but of course, he's got this insecurity about his, like, he's a street rat, you know, and he, he tries to be something better or, or greater than that. But his, his whole arc is about overcoming that um like his place of birth i guess you could say oh yeah overcoming that insecurity where he can become he can be comfortable with being himself yeah and they and they make it like that whole first scene where he's where he steals the bread and he's running away from the um like the guards and there's the song playing and everything and at the very end of that he gives that that food away um despite all the trouble he went through to get to it so it really kind of emphasizes that he's like this kind-hearted you know noble person um from the very beginning and they do that in a really like effective way. Yes, I agree. But the the other Aladdin, so Aladdin 2019, I will say, like he has similar elements, right? He is kind and he has this, you know, tricky, uh, clever nature to him. But like the way that they frame that whole first scene where he's being generous to the um like the other kids, whatever, is so much more heavy handed. It's so much more like, oh, like oh, he took this and now he's like, oh, look at me doing this noble act to, this, to these kids. You know, it's much less like 
um, he went through a bunch of hardship and then saw someone else in need and made an effort toward it. It was more like he just had the opportunity and then he did it. You know, it was much less I don't know, selfless, I guess you could say, the way it was framed. It was a, it was a strange change to make. Well, yeah, and it was also um, in the first one when he gives the bread away, it's him giving it to these two children who are like digging through the trash in an alley. Uh, it's very like spur of the moment. But in this one, yeah. he just walks up to what looks to be a family sitting there and just gives it to the kids and is like, don't tell anyone I gave you this. You just magically uh, acquired this, which I don't know. Both of those are kind of just showing him as a good person, you know. Yeah. Uh, but they're going the extra step in the newer one to be like, oh, but he also is definitely claiming anonymity in his generosity right, as right. well. And like, uh, he's also like a inventor or like engineer or something. Like he has all those like crazy <laughs> like like pulley mechanisms to like get to his little place or whatever. Oh yeah, which, well, which makes his lie later so much less believable. You know? Yeah. Where? Oh well, yeah, because he like pulls that lever and then it turns his little humble abode into this great. Uh, like it looks a lot better. It pulls the curtains yeah. up i guess it makes it look like home uh, although both aladdins i kind of have a problem with both aladdins where they live because i don't know if the businessmen of agrabah just don't look up but <laughs> that's pretty great real estate somebody should really be taking advantage of this yeah exactly uh, yeah that's a really good point he has a great view with like you know no one's trying to capitalize on that no one's trying to be like oh i want to look at the palace too oh yeah especially because the marketplace or just like the economy of this city is supposed to be one of the uh shining examples of why the city is so great and uh and, and unique to leave like this amazing real estate open for vagrants is just for me <laughs> i'm questioning the decision making of the the merchants in the bazaar <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, they really should have covered that plot hole in the new one. Shouldn't they? <laughs> Aladdin gets evicted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, the, and of course, like this is kind of a theme throughout the all, all of the remake. But there's, there's all this awkwardness between like the characters. It's like a lot of like, oh, isn't cringing funny? Which I feel like is not going to age well at all. Well, it's it's a different kind of cringe. It, it's less where you're put in a. It, it's less of like a cringy situation and mm -hmm. more of cringy people just making a situation awkward. Which I yeah. think is less. Or well, not even. It's just like awkward for everyone involved. It is. I I didn't enjoy it at all, and I consider myself to like. I like cringe comedy. I'm a big fan of The Office, I guess, which is a good example of cringe comedy. But for this, it was just like, man, why are you, why do you become an idiot all of a sudden? You <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah. Like it, that's exactly how I feel. Like especially the scene where Aladdin shows up after his parade or whatever, uh, and when he enters in town, the Prince Ali bit, and then he's like offering gifts, outrageously awkward. Yeah. 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 That whole part is so awkward, and it's like obviously it's played up to comedy and everything. And it is, like, very silly and everything, but it drags on. And it doesn't, like, I don't know, it's, like, very out of character for him. Like, yes. it doesn't make sense for him to do that because you see him improvise throughout the street so easily, right? And even in, in the original, right? I keep trying to want to call it the first one, but it's really the original. Like, when he has to get Jasmine out of that bind, when she's about to get her hand chopped off in the, in the marketplace, yes. he, like, totally improvises the situation just like that. So, lickety spit, split, you know, Aladdin 2019, uh, you know, he's got a planned parkour route that he practices every day. So, like, he, he, there's no good at improvising. 
No, you're totally just, right. He's so smooth in the new one where yeah. he's he comes up with it. It doesn't necessarily work 100% of the time, but at least he's confident and is good at improvising. It's like a big part of Aladdin's character to be good at improvising. Yes, but, that's right, because he thinks on his feet. That's like, yeah, exactly. That's the whole twist at the end, too. Yeah, yeah. so his <laughs> this character who all of a sudden, and he's not even in a situation that's all that hard to improvise in. They were trying to push this narrative where he's like, Oh, I'm like, I'm such a street rat that like, I don't know how to do social engagements like this. Like a party. I've literally never been to a party. Ah, you know? Yeah, but he's able to sneak into the palace super easily. Right. Like, and, and like get around and like Assassin's Creed his way all the way through like super stealth mission. But he's like, but yeah, then as soon as he gets in front of a bunch of people, he's just like, Oh, uh, I'm just gonna, you know, be as awkward as possible. I'm not even going to try to you know, follow along with this script that the genie has written for me. Right. right? Well, and, and what that does, and, and I think this also kind of works with his dynamic with the genie, because the, the genies are also different in their relationship with Aladdin. But yeah, for me, it's a change that just makes Aladdin less likable. You're just like, oh, God, I have to listen to this guy talk again. Great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, you want to move on to Jasmine? Um, sure. Well, I guess just in closing, I think Aladdin is mostly the same. Uh, yeah. I think that the changes they made to him were uh, to work with, you know, are kind of a result of other changes they made. I think mostly the role of the genie, like I said. Um, but I, I would say that the, the changes aren't huge. Yeah. And I mean, the actor who plays Aladdin in the new one, I don't even know his name. He's like um, a newcomer he's, guy. He's they, He's fine. Like, he doesn't do a bad job. He's like, he's like, what's his name in um, Solo, you know? Yes. He, he's, he's fine. He's not going to live up to the original, but he's fine. Yeah, he, yeah. He's not like, he's definitely not the biggest problem. And also, just like, just like you said, what's his name in Solo? <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't know. We'll see if we remember this guy for playing Aladdin. We'll see. But yeah, let's move on to Jasmine. Okay. You want to go first? Um. Okay, sure. Yeah, she's... uh. Oh, Jasmine has a few main things about her. Um, I mean, she's this princess who's trapped inside a palace, which is not a great life, and she clearly doesn't like it in uh, the old one and in the new one. Uh, she doesn't want her life to be decided for her. She's not impressed by riches or royalty, and she wants to marry for love. Th those things are all true in the uh, in the 1992 version. The, the newer version is mostly the same, except they've added a few extra things. Like, she, she clearly cares for her people a lot. It's really important to her that the people of Agrabah are cared for and that their ruler sees them as a uh, priority, right? Right. Well, there's, there's a key difference here too because in the original she's never left the palace right that's an explicit line yes in the new one um she used to leave the palace and be a like mingle among the people at least that's what it's uh, uh, implied but now ever since her mother died she's been locked away that's right and that is a big part of the sultan's way of treating her because he's like afraid of losing the other important woman in his life um, yes she's also anti-war uh which they they did bring a bit more politics into the new one than they did in the old one and if the phantom menace is any example bringing politics into a children's movie is always a good call always a good idea yeah <laughs> it's always good kids kids love politics so that's a great call to do that um but yeah she also doesn't want her life to be decided for her but it's less about love it's more about her, her own ability to uh be autonomous i guess she wants to be a ruler she wants to be uh heard so th those 
are definitely bigger parts of her personality in this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. She, like, her drive to not marry some, like, weird prince is more so, more so because she wants to be sultan than she wants to marry for love. Right, I think. right. Yeah, um, because, yeah, in the other one, she's like, I want to marry for love, I want to be free, I want to make my own decisions and everything. Um, she doesn't care about ruling or anything like that, even though that's something that she'll have to do, I suppose. But, I mean, what does the sultan currently do? Really, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of, he kind of just sits around. He just acts like a buffoon all the time, honestly. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, I mean, I can do that. You know, all I need to do is find someone I can be happy with and I'll, then I'll be fine. But yeah, in the, in the, in the new one, in the remake, um, she's much more concerned with the politics and she much more wants to be involved in the decision making of this, of the, the city um, even more than um before yes so, well and also which i think it's a i like that change actually well it, it's also how much um i think in the first one she wants she doesn't want her life to be lived for her but that's definitely in relation to love right that's yes. like the, the main reason she doesn't want she doesn't want to be told who to marry versus in the new one where that's also true she doesn't want to be told who to marry necessarily um but it's it's also that she wants to be heard they're very explicit about like this she wants she doesn't want her voice to be uh overshadowed or, or right. silenced and i think that that is something they expanded on that was at least mentioned in the first one uh because jafar has a line in the first one where uh <laughs> he uses his scepter to hypnotize the sultan and the sultan is like jasmine you, like i've i've made a decision you will marry jafar um, and then Jafar enters and he's like, I can tell you're speechless, a, a good quality in a wife. And I, <laughs> Jafar, like Jafar is the best. He's the way savage. he enters that scene where like the, the Sultan opens one door and then he's behind <laughs> the other door. Great. I love I, Jafar is like, like, like uh, Megamind says the key to a great supervillain is presentation and. Jafar has that down pat. He's great about that. Yes. Anyway, we're talking about Jasmine. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. We'll get to. Um, we will get to Jafar. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So I, when I saw, so I saw the remake first, um, and then I rewatched the original. And and I had it hadn't been a long time since I'd seen the original, so I didn't remember a lot of the details. So I, when I saw the remake, I was like, oh wow, they've really built up Jasmine as her own person who's concerned with her own agency and given her a lot more to do. You know, and also like the whole love story between Aladdin and Jasmine like blossoms more slowly and they have more time together on screen beforehand that like is kind of, um, I don't know, they have more lines of dialogue in the remake than they do in the original. But rewatching the original, I, it's the way they build up Aladdin and Jasmine's relationship is just so good that they don't need that extra time. They just like it moves so much smoother and so much easier and they don't need to spend a lot of time getting to their motivation and like the similarities that they feel even though they're from very different walks of life they both feel very trapped in there and that's like something that they come to almost immediately and so naturally um and then like there's like these moments where they're clo standing close together and you can kind of feel the chemistry or the attraction between the two even though they're animated characters all of that is just so expressive um, in the remake, it's it, they have to work so much harder to get to that point, and I'm not really sure if it's as effective. Well, because they do in the remake, they do such a effective job of making Aladdin look like a buffoon in front of her. He's like yeah. constantly playing catch up because he's already like he blows it from the very beginning, which sure adds runtime. You get to have him go from the depths of rejection to fight his <laughs> way back into relevance with this woman, sure. but. Was that really necessary? Did we really want that? 
does that help us see Aladdin and Jasmine's relationship in a more positive light? No, Aladdin had like the thing that Aladdin has to overcome is his place of birth, right? That's his struggle. Yes. He's he his arc as far as like learn like uh, as far as like a personal growth, I guess, is more so becoming confident in the person that he is and accepting that who he is is good. Doesn't matter where you're from. Like Jasmine sees that right away, and she she only reason that she ever gets mad at him is when she he's explicitly lying to her, which like she lies to Aladdin in the remake, which is like a confusing element of the story. Which like I don't know why they really added that in there, but she's like, oh, I'm the handmaiden not jasmine like maybe that makes them both culpable or something taking yet another page from uh the phantom menace where the uh the ruling them the uh ah, yeah they switch places the, the woman Gosh. yeah the woman in power the royal the royalty switches places with their handmaid somebody at lucasfilm is influencing like marvel and <laughs> <laughs> disney remakes now this is magic carpet racing like <laughs> If they had said that, it would be a much better movie. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, but then there's this whole thing with her, like, deliberately breaking the law, right? So, in the, in the original, Jasmine takes that apple and gives it to the kids because she's, like, she's naive and she doesn't know how the world works because she's been locked up in a castle the whole, her whole life. And, you know, like, she's like, oh, these, these kids are hungry. I, I can feed them, you know? And then she doesn't think, oh, like, this is going to cost me a hand she thinks oh i can i can do this i'm the princess right jasmine in the in the uh in the remake is like oh i'm gonna sneakily get these kids some food you know uh, i'm gonna break the law right here because i'm a socialist <laughs> Market, <laughs> markets no way I'll, i'm all against that and then of course she gets in trouble and aladdin has to rescue her and everything but it's it's way more deliberate you know yeah also if you care that much about your people shouldn't you understand how the the market works it's one of like the main <laughs> attractions of your city it's one of the things where like the intro scene where it like takes you through the city and the yeah, uh, yeah. arabian night song plays like the mark they talk about the market in that song it, it's a pretty important part of the identity identity of this city and for her to pretend to care about that but also not understand the concept of commerce it's very inconsistent <laughs> yes exactly like she cares a lot about this but she doesn't go to like the the bigger picture right she's just like oh i'm just gonna feed these these kids right like it's very clear they're trying to have it both ways right they're like we need to have jasmine be more empowered more politically active and everything but also we need to have this key scene where she tries to feed some kids you know like so she they, they are they're trying to have it both ways dude feeding hungry children you know that's that's pandering gosh can't can't handle that <laughs> <laughs> that's right turn it off um also okay you're uh one more thing about jasmine what did you think about her her uh her new song i kind of have a feeling a general feeling about all the new songs in that um it helped them reach the two hour and ten minute runtime yeah like it did not <laughs> I mean, her new song specifically, I think, went along with some of the other themes that they were pushing for Jasmine yeah. for the film. I was like, okay, here we go. She really doesn't want to be, uh, she wants to be heard. She, No matter how many men are oppressing her simultaneously, she is not afraid. Even though she shows emotion in that song, she still gets the message across that she's strong. She's going to fight back. She won't uh, you know, just fold under pressure when the going gets tough. And... 
I kind of felt like that about her anyways. Like if they didn't have the time freezes and now I'm singing and walking around. Um, Which is a weird visual metaphor that I did not understand. Well, yeah, you're like, what's going on here? Um, is this <laughs> yeah, happening? It totally breaks the immersion. Is Jasmine yeah, because- a genie? <laughs> every, every other like musical thing in this movie is very diegetic, right? Like when they're on the carpet ride and everything, they're they're there in the you know going around. They maybe the the singing is a metaphor for their relationship and the conversations they're having along the way. But it's very clear, like this, the carpet ride is literally happening, right? Dude, dude, the, in the cartoon, the carpet ride is so diegetic that she, when she's brushing her hair after that, she's humming a whole new. World. Yes, I was like, me too, Jasmine. I'm also humming that song. <laughs> Which honestly, what a flex by Disney in 1992 to be like, we, because that song is such a hit. Everyone knows it's so a whole good. new world. Like that sequence in general, and and that as an example of like uh, of two characters falling in love in a movie so iconic i mean it's yes. it's transcendent it really i was i was tearing up honestly yes and and disney knows this when they made it so they're just kind of flexing after that they're like because <laughs> imagine you're seeing this movie in 1992 and you get your mind yeah. blown after you're seeing that sequence and then she's sitting there humming along she's like yeah i know you like that i know you <laughs> like that song you know which is pretty cool you know i, I love it it is yes it is so yeah, like her new song, the the empowered woman song, which I can't remember how it goes or any of the lyrics. But uh, I mean, it's very Katy Perry empowering. That's that's how I would describe it. Um, Roar like so, a like a tiger, like Raja, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Have you ever felt like a plastic bag <laughs> <laughs> blowing through the streets of Agrippa? <laughs> um, like, but that whole that whole thing, like, I, like I get it, like I understand why that is. It feels, and just like you said, it feels very unnecessary. In the in the original, um, Jasmine does have that moment of like, I'm a princess, listen to me, uh, when she stands up for Aladdin, right? At when Aladdin and her get caught by the guards, and then um, Aladdin's getting carried away, and she's like, she reveals finally because she has no other choice that she's the princess. Um, like the guards are like, oh, uh, we're in trouble. And she's like, yeah, you are in trouble. And she almost gets her way. The only reason why she doesn't is because Jafar technically outranks her. Right. So like, and then she goes off and immediately confronts Jafar. There's no like hesitation there. She, she knows the power that she wields and she wields it well. So seeing that and seeing like in that, that seeing that in my mind really solidified Jasmine as a strong female character in this movie, even though most of her motivation is like based on her relationship with um, Aladdin. Right. Right. She still makes decisions and has a lot of agency and does a lot of things to protect the people that she loves. And of course, she feels terrible when she finds out Jafar allegedly beheaded him. Right. She feels like it was all her fault, which is which is honestly awful. I didn't realize that's what happened uh, on the rewatch. I was like, my goodness, Jafar (laughs) basically just gaslighted this girl into thinking that she's the reason that an innocent young man got murdered. Yes. Like, geez, that's some psychological torment. Like, the rest of the time, I'm like, she's hanging out with uh, Prince Ali, right? She doesn't know it's Aladdin. I'm like, man, this girl is hurting on the inside, just chilling with this guy right now. Yeah, like, I didn't know I had that kind of, yeah. Like, and, like, my actions have this much, like, consequence? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even in the 1992 version, I feel like her reaction to revealing that it is Aladdin, when she says, like, too bad a booze not here, like, she should have been like, oh, thank God you're not dead. I was so convinced you were dead, and it was my fault. <laughs> right. <sighs> but she had hints of that, like, early on, though. So maybe she was just, you know, maybe she was playing coy. But she definitely was. I mean, maybe she's just cool under pressure, you know? She's, she is. Uh, she is cool under pressure. Yeah. 
But anyway, so I, I want to bring up the song uh, for one key reason, and that's because the song is totally at the expense of one uh, character, um, the 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 king's guard, Hakeem, who they describe as um, like their most the, trusted uh, soldier. Their most trusted soldier, which is kind of a weird title to give someone who's clearly in charge of your like army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not a general or anything like that. He's just <laughs> he's just a soldier. We just trust him the most. He's the same rank as everyone else. <laughs> right. You're right. Of course. <laughs> So, poor Hakeem, right? Like, uh, Jafar announces that he is Sultan because the genie made it so. And then, um, you know, the Sultan, the real Sultan shows up with Jasmine and he's like, oh, Hakeem, arrest this imposter. He says he's a Sultan, but clearly I'm the Sultan. And then Hakeem's like, okay, I'm going to go arrest you, Jafar. I've already put you in prison once. We're going to make that more permanent this time. Maybe lock up your bird, too. And then um, Jafar's like, uh-uh-uh, don't you know I'm the Sultan and you have to listen to what I say? And Akeem's like, oh, is that how it works? I, like, I literally in the theater, I was like, wait, that worked? And Akeem like, turns around and he's just like, oh my gosh, like, you're, now I have to arrest you. I'm sorry. That's the law, I guess. And then, of course, Jasmine like, goes outside and then she has her whole song and she's like, no, Akeem, listen, like, listen to your heart or whatever she says. And Akeem's like, yeah, you're right. What? You're right. I should be listening to the real Sultan, not like the guy who says he's a Sultan. I mean, like poor poor hakeem right he's like turned around 360 degrees in like five minutes he's like oh first i'm here now i'm here i'm just imagining the actor is also just as confused you know like i signed up for a guy Ritchie movie with will smith in it and now i'm in this <laughs> disney remake movie well it's like i'm a key plot point in jasmine's character arc like <laughs> i don't understand yeah is it is it possible for a character to be too dynamic like he just <laughs> he, he's like he changes so rapidly and honestly returns to what he was originally. But but here's the thing. Um, the genie's magic is inconsistent in this case. When Aladdin wishes to become a prince, he becomes a prince. People who've seen him before don't even recognize him, even though he looks yeah. exactly the same because of the genie's magic. And the genie explains this and he's like, yeah, you know, it's not permanent or it's not entirely um, you know, a change. Like people can still see through it if they gather enough evidence. But I would think right after the genie makes him the sultan, that everyone would be like, he's the sultan now because of genie magic. It would be like a perception thing mm. where the old sultan would be like, I'm not the sultan now. And they would be like, you've never been the sultan. You are a weird old man. And this is the sultan, you know, um, like right. and it wouldn't be their choice. It wouldn't be a moral obligation. It would be the genie's magic controlling them. Other like are people. It just doesn't make the if if that's how the genie's magic works, it should consistently work that way and not be as much of a choice. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is like, make me a prince is kind of a, a very generic wish. Like, it's iconic, obviously, because like, he kind of gets everything he wants, right? He's like, he's got power, wealth, he's got all this like, ability to kind of storm into the city and everything. But like, does he have a country that goes along with it? I thought like the prince thing is very much like a, uh, like a I don't know, like a, a perception thing because of the, of the stuff that he has well yeah right? it opens up pandora's box because like does he have a country that he's allegedly from now does it create a new part of the earth who are all these right. people who are marching in his parade do they disappear when the parade is over uh i assume so or are they actual people <laughs> um i yeah i also assume that they disappear but what if they don't 
You know, what if they are all yeah. actual members of this country that he's a prince from? Does he have a new dad? Is there a dad waiting <laughs> back there who's the king? Because he's not the king, he's a prince, so it implies right. someone else is in power. Uh, I think, uh, like, actually, the it's all fictional, right? It's all for show. He's making yeah. him a prince is more of just make him appear as a prince. But the genie is all-powerful. What's to stop him from actually making... Wouldn't that solve a lot of the problems here if he made him the prince? Or what if they just made him a prince of an existing country and made everyone else perceive that that's always been the case? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, they, I don't know. There's a lot of other ramifications to that, though. Just making him, like, appear to be a prince is enough to convince, like, the sultan that he's actually a prince and that he can do that. And, of course, he wins them all over with his, you know, witty charm and, and fast thinking. You know, and then he's like, it doesn't matter that I'm not a prince, really. Because at the end, he says, I'm not really a prince, am I? I'm still Aladdin. I don't know. It is, it is inconsistent from that regard. But, and it's also, like, just, like, what is, what is power exactly? Like, if you, if you, like, everyone knows this, but no one says it. Like, the king is only the king because he says he's the king, right? Right. Like, like if someone else claimed that they're king, I mean, this happened with popes, right? There, at some point, there were three popes because they all announced that they were all pope at the same time. And everyone was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I, and again, I don't want to get too caught up in the genie magic because it's obviously magic. You know, if you think too yeah, long yeah. about it, it's going to not make sense, you know? I just um, feel bad for Akeem. Justice for Akeem. Hashtag Justice for Akeem. Yeah, Justice for Akeem. He, he was a uh, interesting new character, you know. Um, you're gonna add 40 minutes to a, the movie, the runtime of the movie. You might as well include a new character like Hakeem, but Hakeem. Yeah, <laughs> the most trusted soldier. <laughs> okay, you want to move to the genie? Yes, genie versus genie. This was why. All right. This was honestly my the most attractive comparison to me. This was the thing I was most excited about because. I feel like Robin Williams carries, or maybe carries the wrong word, but Robin Williams brings so much to the 1992 version. It's such an iconic role for him. He is the genie. Um, so it, it was, I think, really difficult or, or really uh, intriguing for me to see someone else try to fill the, his, uh, his golden shoes. Yeah, well, the thing is about the genie, the 1992 version, is that the, the people that wrote Aladdin wrote the genie with Robin Williams in mind. They were like, we want the genie to act like Robin Williams. If we, can, if we can't get Robin Williams to do this, we don't know what we're going to do. And then, of course, Robin Williams is like, of course I'll do this because I love making fun things. And then, he, uh, and then, of course, like, he adds his own elements to it, right? He's adding his own charm, his own energy to the character, and, of course, his own jokes and everything, too, which they all build around it. So it's just like Keanu Reeves and John Wick, right, where one influenced the other, which influenced the other. It's like you can't have one without the other. And the, the genie as a character is so much tied into Robin Williams as a person that to separate those two honestly doesn't make that much sense. The, the, animated, the animation from the, um, the 1992 version is just so fun and fluid, and it just brings the character to life with like, such grace. It's amazing. And like, the, animation, the animated medium really brings the genie so much like, benefit. Because he, it's like, oh, he's just a magical thing, you know? He doesn't really have a shape or anything. And he just can be anything. He's zany and crazy. And it's just all this crazy stuff. And it just like the ant, like that's why I love animation is because the possibility it brings to this, to the scene, you know, there's no limitations on what you can actually draw. And the genie just is an excuse to draw literally anything you want. So having that on like a character that gives you that kind of ability as an animator is such a powerful and like wonderful thing to see. 
Oh, yeah. It's it really is the magic uh, of the movie. I mean, it's literally magic, but at the same time, it, it brings that like Disney magic feel to the movie that, that helps to make it so iconic. Um, I mean, watching both these movies, I'm, I'm impressed by the story of Aladdin. When I was thinking back to this, I was like, I don't even remember liking Aladdin all that much as a kid. You know, uh, I liked The Lion King better, or, you know, but now that I've seen it again, I actually think this, this story is actually fantastic. The story is fantastic. Yes, but it's not it's. It it is so much to add the genie, the like Robin yes. Williams genie. It, it it's makes the movie it, it like doubles its value. Um, so and and he is such a he's like one of those actors that can do anything. Like he can he can pretend to be anyone and. B- as a cartoon, he has so much freedom to become whoever he wants. If he can do an impression yes. of it, they can animate it. And and I think that's, I mean, and they take full advantage of that multiple times in this movie. Oh, yeah. And there's one, before I talk about the 2019 version, there is a quote from the original that I want to mention here, which I think is ironic, to say the least. Wait a minute. I'm your master? That's right. He can be taught. What would you wish of me? The ever impressive. The long-contained but never they don't mention this and this is not said in the original because uh, in, the, in the remake in the remake that's what i mean sorry yeah they don't mention this in the remake that he is often imitated but never duplicated Ooh. because that is certainly true <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, before I, I guess before we get into Will Smith, I kind of want to talk about the genie's motivations, who he is as a character. Um, sure. He, besides being the genie of the lamp and obviously taking pride in his work and, and kind of loving the things that he's capable of, he wants to be free. That's what he really wants. Uh, he doesn't want to have to answer to whoever picks up the lamp anymore. Um, yeah. And for me, that kind of opens, it's a little bit curious for me why he can't help Aladdin once Aladdin sets him free, because he retains his genie powers. He's like, oh, I'm going on vacation. I mean, obviously, he's very old. He's been a slave all of his existence. So, yeah, he's going to want to do other stuff. But with all that power, couldn't he help Aladdin out real quick and then leave, you know? (laughs) What does Aladdin need that he doesn't have? Um, I, I don't know. I guess at the end there, uh, Aladdin has kind of like a, a moral choice, right? He has to decide whether or not he to like change the law so that he can marry Jasmine or to set the genie free, right? But why couldn't he just be like, yo, let me just set you free right quick. You change the law through magic and then you leave. I don't know. I guess that's not how it works. I mean, the genie magic is kind of, there's, there's rules that we don't understand. And like, like the things that he says he can't do, is it because he can't or because he won't? Right. Right. When he says he won't bring people back to the dead, he says it's creepy. I don't like doing it. <laughs> there's no reason, you know, there's, he could still do it. He just doesn't want to. <laughs> the way he does that, too, he like turns into a zombie. Like, oh, that was so funny. But, yeah. um, and I guess that that's just more of an afterthought. It's really not that big of a problem with the movie. The movie works because there's a moral and dilemma. There, there are two sequels to Aladdin. And I think the genie shows up um, and Robin Williams plays the genie in the third one at the very least. So, hmm. okay, I don't know. Well, and it's I, not that big of a deal, but it does. Th- this will, this idea will come back to when we talk about the newer one. Also, he kind of acts as like a goofy moral compass for Aladdin. Uh, the, throughout the movie, he's there to give him advice. Be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and that's his real, and that's like kind of his relationship with uh with Aladdin. He's there to be like give him some advice, let him do kind of his own thing, be his 
Hal, I guess. Um, but he's more or less like a goofy Jiminy Cricket. I love that where he where he's uh, Jack Nicholson and he puts his arm around him and he says, you got to be a straight shooter if you want to win a girl. And he does like the sound effect for shooting yeah. a gun. And then he has the blackboard. And he says, just tell the truth. <laughs> and turns the thing around. I love that so much. That like Yeah. All, and he does a lot of impressions, which is... First off, very easy to do with cartoons because he can just turn yes. into kind of a caricature of whoever he's doing an impression of, like Jack Nicholson. Um, and also, Robin Williams is so good at impressions. So it, it just works on all facets. It's like the best version you could have of that. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, they just complement each other so well. Like animation and Robin Williams, but not just animation, but unlimited animation. Right. You know, phenomenal cosmic power that's that is robin williams as an actor it is though and it, it's so cool to be able to see that in a visual medium uh you know where he can truly be anything he wants to be also speaking of the way he looks uh and we'll, we'll, the, i'm bringing all these things up because i'm also going to reference them when we talk about the new one but also okay. he takes on a new look when he's under control by jafar he becomes like this darker shade of blue. He's more muscular looking. His face is much less expression or has much less expression. He's more um, like his jaw is a lot more chiseled. He's more just uh, it looks more like a gargoyle almost in the sense that he's just like rough features and, and just very uh, powerful looking as opposed to the fun and whimsical version we see when he's under Aladdin. Um, and I think yeah. that that and we'll come back to that. when We start talking about Will Smith, which. Let's talk about Will Smith. What do you think of casting Will Smith as the as the genie for the new one? I mean, the, this is the thing. It's like you're, for something like this, you're doomed from the very beginning, right? Like there's there's no such thing as perfect casting this twice, honestly. And I mean, I don't know. I think Will Smith holds a similar st- like idea, like a, a similar st- like position in like media hierarchy. I guess if that's something you care about, like he's. He is just as influential and everything. He's very beloved. A, yeah, yeah. I mean, the I've always heard the rule that like, um, in order to like be an A list actor, you have to be like a white guy or Will Smith. <laughs> like he holds the same power as anyone else. And, like he can just he can carry a movie by himself, and he has done that to great effect in the past. Um, and sometimes, but sometimes not so much. Um, for, like, so if there's gonna if they're gonna get anyone right. Will Smith is a choice you can make. I don't think it's necessarily the wrong one because you have to have someone that is clearly iconic, someone that is kind of a little zany, um, and someone who's going to like bring a level of like, I don't know, power to the role, I guess. If you're like, those, those are the kind of similarities I see. But like, I think the key difference here, one of the, I mean, that's not one of, one of the key differences is like, Robin Williams is like a foul mouth comedian. You know, he was up on stage making all sorts of jokes about whatever he wanted. And then um, there's this whole like story behind him and Disney after this movie came out where he got into a big fight with them because he, they used his image in marketing when he didn't want them to. But Will Smith is like a very much candy coated, you know, never, never curses in his raps, like, you know, guy, right? He's very much a Disney safe option. <laughs> his raps, dude. His uh, where he he does a bunch of like, ha ha, like come on, you know, like it's like it really is. He hasn't changed since the days of his uh of his rapping. Did you know that Will Smith won the first Grammy for rap? I did. I think I didn't know that. I saw this really great video about why Will Smith is underrated as a rapper, and it was it was very convincing. Um, so you know, I'm I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but. From the standpoint of like taking a risk or finding the 
the person that is best for this role. Like Disney is um he's choosing from a certain list, I would say. Yeah. And and again, I just want to reiterate, yeah, it, it is he is a choice. He's a fine choice for what this is. He carries the star power, he carries the charisma that, you know, he crosses that threshold of what it takes to fill a role that's this iconic, if you even can try. But again, it is yeah. kind of a losing battle. And like having Guy Ritchie direct this movie definitely lends itself to a more stylistic genie, you know, and having all these kind of trippy genie scenes and stuff when he's singing the song. Um, uh, what's it? Um, you never had a friend like uh, me. Yep, never had a friend like me. That's that's that whole thing is is unique and interesting. It looks a lot like. It reminds me a lot of um, epic rap battles. With, like, yes. the way he has like he's singing with himself. The way and that, like yeah, the, there's yeah the, himself <laughs> in the background like dancing while he's singing yes. in the foreground. Yeah. <laughs> so like the, I, I don't know all that stuff was was creative and everything, but like the thing like the thing that it's like really hard for me to wrap my head around, and maybe this is the whole idea of the Disney remake in general, is that like will like the whole the genie in the very beginning the in the original the very first one was there was nothing ever like him, right? He was like, oh, the genie is blue because that's the color we want him to be. There's the genie comes out of a lamp because that, I don't know, that's just how genies are. And he does all these like pop culture references and stuff just because that's, you know, that's the character that we've got here. This, this genie and the whole movie of Aladdin is trying to be the original, you know, he's like, he's gotta be blue because the other one was blue. He's gotta be this because he's that, you know, like there's, there's no like, reason that he's actually blue he could be totally different and like have different uh style or a different personality or anything but none of that is is here it's all the same it's trying to be the thing that was already great yes and and you're right uh there, there's good examples of when the new movie is just redoing what the original did but the original was like making a conscious choice of including that stuff, uh, especially like a, there's a bunch of examples of it in the Prince Ali song where uh, for one of my favorite lines, you and I were <laughs> singing it before we started recording the part where he's like strong as 10 regular men. Definitely that part <laughs> in the new movie is just sung by Will Smith, just kind of as another line in the song. And, and you know, everyone's who's watching this movie has seen the original. So they're like, yeah, I remember this line. Even I was yeah. like getting hype about that part. I did like that. Part. But, <laughs> when you rewatch the original, the reason that line is included is because of all the chaos that's happening during the uh, Aladdin's parade. Ten men land on him on top of his <laughs> elephant, and then the genie casts a little magic, and he lifts the ten guys, and they're like holding hands, and they form like a, like a shape above him, and and that's why they like it. it, it that's why he was strong as ten regular men because he had he to had be in that be, moment. Yes. <laughs> Which is so awesome. And and when you see that in the cartoon and then you see it in the real one, you're like, okay, they're, they're, they're kind of missing here. There's, 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 they're not connecting what we're seeing to what we're hearing. The, and yeah. Another example of that is when, uh, when the genie turns into a woman and the Will Smith one, it's very much like a, oh, look at Will Smith. Look, this, he's in drag. He's a, yeah, yeah, he's in drag. He's still got a beard and all that. And it's like, <laughs> it's supposed to, it's the joke is that it's a man wearing a dress, right? That's the right. joke. In the original version, it, the genie actually looks like a woman and it's just an extension of what he's doing, which is manipulating the crowd. He becomes a woman. He becomes a goat. He becomes a child. He becomes a little kid. Yeah. yeah. Like all of those things there. It was all part of a bit where the genie is single handedly manipulating a city. And in yeah. the new movie that that gets watered down to a ha ha. Will Smith is wearing a dress joke, which is just right. not as satisfying. Ah, you're right. Ah, 
you're absolutely right i mean i i don't know like i don't, i feel like t- like kind of like an asshole saying like oh this this movie lacks originality or lacks um imagination but that's that's simply what it is like the original aladdin had so much imagination so much original like amazing ideas in it and then for them to just be like let's do that again like it's just gonna be disappointing well like i don't want it to sound like i didn't enjoy the new prince ali sequence i thought it was one of the best sequences in the that whole was probably film. the best that, that was probably the best part of the whole thing yeah. like the whole they do spectacle in the new one so well yes i mean the uh, never had a friend like me and prince ali those two songs are done masterfully i know i just said things that i didn't like about it but like they're done so well oh my uh, gosh you're so good and it kind of changed my tune and and that's one of the things that i i think is very similar uh about the roles that will smith and robin williams play whether you think will smith did a better job or robin williams did a better job the inclusion of the character of the genie brings a certain magic to this movie that is part of the reason why we love aladdin so much and and i think that does come across in the new movie in a big way uh because it is really cool to see all the magic magic happening and will smith multiplied by 20 doing all these different funny things like that's great and yes. even if even if it's not robin williams it's still really enjoyable um so i i i do th- i do want to give the movie credit there it, those sequences are actually very enjoyable and i and do like, want to watch them again the chase sequences too when he's running through the city or when they're being chased by giant yago later <laughs> um like all of that like that looks great and like uh, that, like the there's a lot of like tense moments that i thought that was good and like having him do all the parkour and stuff and like i don't know it, it's like oh wow this is like an action movie that's disguised as like D- disney remake you know like there's a lot of like great set pieces and a lot of great like little action scenes in it well i don't know like the the chase to the city i i felt like the initial chase uh, like the we can talk about iago when we get to the animals but um the part where he's getting chased by the guards and he's like one step ahead of the bad guys yeah, or yeah. That, that song it felt underwhelming to me because the original is so hyperbolic. All the stuff that's happening is so over the top and so ridiculous. It's like, it's funny. It, it, it is more of a uh, Looney Tunes sequence than an actual like chase. Scene, yeah, you know, right. like they do. They include all these things about Agrabah where they have like the, the guy who's standing on the hot coals. They st- stomp the guy who's laying on a bed of nails. They absolutely stomp on him. Why was he there in the middle of the street? <laughs> And then the guy who like eats fire, he shows up like eight times. Oh yeah, guys who put dangerous things down their throat have a bad time in the original. <laughs> the, yes, guy who has his, the guy who has his sword get ripped yeah, out of like, his throat. I, as soon as I saw, I was like, "This is not going to end well for him." Yeah. Okay. And here's another example of like having to include something, but it, it like doesn't. Um, it doesn't go as it's not the same joke in the new movie yeah. is the part where like the kind of overweight woman is like, like she's, she stands in the way of the guards and she's like, I think he's tasty. Um, yes. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think the reason they do that is they're trying to avoid fat shaming in the new one where, cause the joke in the original is clearly this flat foot, fat woman is into Aladdin. That's right. the joke. Um, and in the new one, it's just a random woman who's, puts her arm across and is like, I think he's tasty. Like you, you guards can't come this way. Um, which in just watching, it just feels awkward. It's like, what's going on here? Why, why did yeah, this yeah. one woman decide to stop them? And then it, it doesn't continue. Like after that, no one is trying to stop them. Aladdin just gets away. So, um, uh, let's okay, but I, I want to talk about Will Smith's actual character, the motivations, because okay. to get back to kind of the comparison between him and Robin Williams, because like I said, Robin Williams, his motivation is he wants to be free, and Will Smith also has this motivation, but it goes beyond that. Um, 
because there's a key difference in what freedom means for the two genies. The Robin Williams genie means that he just doesn't have to answer to anyone. Um, one of the things I love was he's like, ask me for the Nile. He's like, uh, give me the Nile. No way. Like, like He's like so happy about it, uh, which Will Smith does his own little bit to that. But the difference is Will Smith becomes a human when he stops being, uh, when he becomes free. Right. And this is something that he very clearly wants. He wants a wife and kids. And um, and this makes sense. Like going back to my criticism of why can't the genie help Aladdin after he becomes free? This mm. makes sense where Will Smith, it's not an option because his freedom means his his humanity. He's no longer capable of helping Aladdin. So that, for me, the moral choice of like, should I use my third wish or should I make the genie, should I basically remove this option forever, um, it is, I think that's good. I think that kind of solidifies what was kind of shaky ground before. Um, okay. So that, you know, he is, he's either a genie or a human. And that's the choice Aladdin gets to make. That's the moral uh, dilemma for him. Um, Going on to like the, we said Robin Williams is kind of a goofy moral compass for Aladdin. Will Smith is, I haven't seen Hitch, but I, I kind of got like a Hitch vibe. I know what Hitch is about, where he was kind of like cooler than Aladdin and he was showing Aladdin the ropes, like how to get a girlfriend. Until he has to confront his own girl. And then he's like, he forgets all the things that he's, he's supposed to know. That's like the whole thing of Hitch. Right. And, and again, that happens here. Yeah. Yes. So, and even though it doesn't matter, she's so enamored by him in the, from the beginning. She, she, like, they were a couple that were together from like, even before they were together, you know, yeah. they fell in love at first sight, both of them. Uh, but, but that, so that, I think that was like a key difference too, in the way that they interact and that, and that kind of, uh, goes through all of their interactions is Will Smith is kind of like, man, you're like the cringiest guy who's ever held the lamp and <laughs> versus Robin Williams, who is more of like your, you need to be yourself. I'm, I'm trying to help you out in more than just these wishes. I'm trying to help you be a better person, yeah. which Will Smith does to an extent as well, but it definitely has that hitch vibe uh, with it. Um, how did you feel about the genie, like, breaking the rules i guess going outside of his uh wishes to d help aladdin because i felt like the will smith just because it was a longer movie and there was more genie magic in it the newer movie gave the genie more license to just do magic outside of wishes like that whole break dancing sequence i don't remember <laughs> hearing any wishes for that <laughs> that's like a that's like a stereotype for like oh you, know, you got this new movie or whatever it's like i do i didn't know how i felt about the break dancing sequence but, <laughs> but that's a real thing that happens in oh, the that's funny. remake that is funny dude it was a serious <laughs> <That's re> dance <laughs> break dancing uh break in the middle of the movie yeah that was freaking bizarre um no but okay so the, uh, i don't know like the whole like I have to do what you say. There have to be wishes or whatever. But like, he also gets to kind of have some leeway to that because like the genie is constantly like transforming himself and then you know doing other things and like you know playing chess with the rug and everything. Like, is that he probably pulled that out of you know out of nowhere too, right? So I don't know. I think there's like a there's certain amounts of leeway to that, I guess. And like him having to impress the girl at the dance is like just him selling the prince thing. I don't know. I feel like you can just, you can justify it anyway. But yeah, I, well, I just thought it was an interesting thing because the other thing that he also does is when Jafar holds the lamp, he teleports the magic carpet to the, to the frozen ends of the earth where Aladdin is. 
that seems like uh you know going outside the bounds of your uh you know restrictions because in uh the new in the original aladdin he just says like sorry al i can't help you i have a new master now and it's yeah, but more... then, then he launches him off of a minaret you know off, off of a minaret yeah, off one of those little things, the the little towers around the palace, and he like turns into a rocket, and they send it off into the Arctic, I guess. Well, yeah, because that was that was uh, what uh, Jafar did. Oh, Jafar did that. Which right. I, okay, but also that's a way cooler way to send somebody to the end of the earth than just to teleport them. Thanos also, style. him like uh, going through that that hole in the thing, yes! like Buster Keaton. Oh, that was awesome. How did they not have that? That was so cool. Like, this feels a lot like Game of Thrones. We didn't have enough money to animate him petting the dog. Like, they just didn't have enough... (laughs) (laughs) They didn't have enough money to animate the tower rocketing off, so they're like, okay, just teleport him there, you know? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It it was a change, but it was just worse. Um, Yes. (laughs) Just worse. Uh, I don't know. Like, I... the. The whole thing with him, like, being able to use any kind of magic is, like, I don't know. It's just fine. And, like, I don't know. The, the whole thing with them, like, they're so concerned with covering up plot holes, it seems like. But I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why they care so much. Like, the whole thing where they're, where they're in the Cave of Wonders, right? Um, when he's, like, he has, like, you're not allowed to touch any of, the ma- any of the stones or anything, you know? You can't touch any of the rubies or any of the coins. Otherwise, the, the cave will collapse yeah, the or whatever. the forbidden treasure. Right. Oh, well, in in the remake, he's stepping all over that stuff. It's all, it's everywhere, you know? He's literally touching it to get to where he wants to go. But it's only after Abu, like, stares longingly into a ruby that it actually, like, triggers. I don't know. Like, like it doesn't make any sense. Like, there's, there's rules and there's not rules. So I'm just like, whatever. You know, that's fine. Obviously, that didn't count. And now you have to have this thing happen, you know? Well, I I love how in the original, they're looking for the diamond in the rough, someone who's like worthy, like their soul is worthy of of entering the the cave of mysteries. But in the new one, it's like the rock climber in the rough. They have to find someone who's capable of. Do you you see where the lamp was? It was on top of this pillar that you had to like rock climb. In fact, Aladdin almost dies when he steps on like a gem that was on like a ledge and he almost falls. Can you? Imagine being just a normal dude and you sh- you're like, oh, well, I'm not worthy, apparently. <laughs> Definitely not gonna be able to climb up there. Well, why don't you just take the carpet? That's a good point. <laughs> but it was uh yeah, I just I because it's not like that in the original. In the original, he like kind of walks up to the Yeah, it's top. like a staircase. Well, okay, just just to finish up on the genie, um, because I feel like we've gotten our point across on that. Um just he does a lot more in the new one, and I think this has to do with the fact that it's live action. But Will Smith does a lot more to be seen as human than the genie, uh, than what Robin Williams does. Robin Williams pushes the limits on animation and, and what you can be because you can be anything. And Will Smith does a lot to be human, which I guess goes with his motivation as the genie who wants to be a human. Um, but as a viewer, I'm like, hey, uh, there's plenty why of humans. Why aren't you blue all the time? Yeah, there's plenty. Of, yeah, why aren't you blue all the time? There's plenty of humans in this movie. <laughs> I'll see. Give me a genie. Yeah. All right. I want to move on to Jafar. Jafar. Yes. I'm interested to hear Jafar. your opinions on Jafar. I love Jafar. Uh, he's such an iconic guy. You know, like uh, uh, there's that whole joke at the very beginning, right? Where um, the Sultan is like, oh, Jafar is my most trusted advisor. And like, I, you know, I, uh, I trust anything he says. And then you see Jafar and you're like, no, <laughs> 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 this guy just exudes evil. Um, he's just like, he's got this 
he's like cunning and he's powerful and he has this very clear motivation to like uh, to get more power um and he's also like creepily goes after jasmine but it's only after like he only expresses beauty in his like exp- no sorry he only expresses interest in her beauty after she he has already achieved the power that he wants to achieve right he's like i'm gonna marry her uh because i think she's pretty but uh, before that i was just gonna marry her because that's how i become sultan like that's an easy path to the, to the throne oh yeah and he doesn't really love her or anything like it's not no. like this has been because as soon as she betrays him like she was just distracting him and he realizes that he's like all right time to die by the hourglass that awesome thing and uh, it is yeah, awesome it, great like, sorcerer stuff yes. all around awesome sorcerer stuff the whole smoke bombs like <laughs> throws down a smoke bomb great oh my gosh i was like oh my gosh i was i was um I love that part. Especially <laughs> then, because when he throws down the smoke bomb, the two guards are like wrestling each other. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, where'd he go? I mean, that's so much that's so much smoother and nicer than like the, uh, oh, he gets put into prison and immediately released by Yago. Like, I don't know, that whole thing was clumsy. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, like the master of disguise thing, like that whole element of him being disguised as like the old guy in the, in the, in the dungeon, like works so much better than um, the, what they do in this, in the remake, I think. In the remake, they have to step over this whole thing. We're like, oh, he's a, uh, you know, genie magic. So nobody recognizes you. Right. Whereas like in uh, in this other one, you know, um, in the original, he doesn't recognize Jafar because Jafar was in disguise. So that's why like he doesn't it takes him longer to figure out what's going on. Yeah. But, and he's also this bizarre old man. Like he's it's a very memorable experience seeing the way this guy like you know he's all hunchback shambles and, around yeah. yeah he's all old but he is also like pretty agile you know and like his I, teeth are like he only has half the teeth yes One no, of gold. his teeth dude brought me back to my childhood when i saw his teeth again i was like the teeth you know like this <laughs> this is something i definitely remember from being a kid and uh yeah it kind of surprised me that that was gone from the new one yeah i don't know this just um uh, it is a strange decision and stuff but one of the changes that i liked about the new one was that they tried to relate jafar to aladdin yes right they're like oh i like i used to be just like you and then i built my way up whatever like as if jafar's path to power is also a path that aladdin could take but aladdin doesn't because he's a a better person you know there's, there's a whole we're not so different you and i um and i kind of like that because i don't know it, it just relates our characters a little bit closer together but again it's just like he has to, like, there's so many, like, little tiny plot holes in uh, where, like, it's like, oh, um, uh, Jafar puts him in the prison, but now he has to not recognize Aladdin later, like, or Aladdin doesn't have to, can't recognize Jafar or something, like, it just, it just doesn't work out. Well, yeah, I mean, Jafar's justification for pushing him out the window is so, like, it's just, it's convoluted. He's, yeah. he's like, okay, if I push you off and you survive, then you have, then you have a genie, obviously, otherwise I'm just killing you. It's right. like, hmm, <laughs> you think this all the way through Jafar? What if he is like actually who you says he says he is? Then you're just killing yeah. him. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and, and you're like, okay does he know that. at that point? Does he not know? It's has the well, he does. He genie saw the magic, lamp. Has the genie magic totally worn off at this point? I don't know. It's like the genie magic thing is such a like for screwing his face is such an unnecessary part of this story. I think like the whole idea that. Like, they don't recognize him because, like, he acts different or is dressed different is, like, a, such a powerful metaphor for, like, your, how other people perceive you based on the way that you're dressed or the way that, like, you act, you yes. know? Like, the whole idea in Aladdin, which is not carried through to the extent of Jafar, because Jafar 
looks evil and then acts evil. But Aladdin, it like looks like a a regular street thief, you know, but he's actually a diamond in the rough. Like, um, he is, uh, like that that whole idea that he when he looks like a prince, he becomes a different person in the eyes of other people is a really powerful message to send to viewers. I think. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And to have that kind of be glossed over with, it's genie magic, that's why I don't recognize him, as if that plot hole is that important. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't need that. Sure. Uh, but okay, back to Jafar. Like, I also feel like he's not as clever or as, like, as, he's kind of, he's like evil, but in a really silly way in the, in the remake. Um, like, when he kills that guy at the very beginning by pushing him down the well, it's just like, this is why <laughs> you're not Sultan yet, because you keep killing the people that are trying to help you. Yeah, that was savage right from the beginning. Yeah, he's like, I'm like, evil. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, don't forget that I'm evil. I mean, him sending Gazim into the uh, the Cave of Wonders and then Gazim dying makes so much more sense, you know? Yeah. Like, th- then, like, him just killing the guy who couldn't find the guy. Well, yeah, because well, sending Gazim, uh, because you're talking about the original when that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he sends that guy into the Cave of Mysteries, which that, I don't know if it really you necessarily needed that to be a whole scene because they kind of show you that in a quicker way in the opening sequence, which I did enjoy the opening sequence that basically that, yes, uh, me too. that free cam that just floats through the city into the palace and then to the cave of mysteries. That was and the cool. song sounds so good and everything too. Yeah. yeah. So that was, the, I loved the opening of the new one. Um, and I, I thought they did a fine job of establishing that, but as far as establishing Jafar as a cruel, selfish, evil villain, uh, I thought it was effective to have him just sacrifice this guy to the cave of mysteries. Cause he didn't necessarily know it would kill him, but he knew there's a chance and he wasn't going to yeah. take the chance himself. Right. That's the thing is like, they're so much more effective. They do so much more with less in the in the original than they do in the remake and there's so much i mean we'll get to this more in the story but there's so much stuff they just repeat because they feel like they, you can't follow along right and uh well one of my biggest and i, I don't know i want to hear if you agree with me but i feel like this jafar just kind of looks like a plain guy like the, yeah. the the cartoon jafar is so clearly just the way he's drawn you can tell he's evil <laughs> and yeah, with the long face and the goatee and, yeah, and he's got like oh the gosh. almost like makeup around his yeah. eyes you know and and like his his shoulders are very pointy he has like the tall hat and he's his colors he's Red, like dark red and black it's it's all very clear this man is is the villain uh yeah. and, and i felt like the new jafar is just like a dude yes exactly he's just like a guy with a beard you know and he's like i'm evil because my eyes keep going very wide but like i don't know he doesn't have he doesn't exude the energy that the uh, the other jafar does like like but that's what makes like the original Jafar so great. It's like he fits into this universe, but he's also like not of anyone else. He doesn't look like anyone else. He's like all dark colors and like long and thin. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he loves being evil. Also, his uh, I mean, his <laughs> bird, his uh, his parrot. Do we want to talk about Iago? Yeah, let's go to the animals. Yeah. OK, well, because Iago doesn't really exist in the new one. No, he's like voiced by Gilford. What's his name? Uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Well, in, in the, the original. Yes. And then Alan Tudyk in the newest one. But I like Alan Tudyk. But yeah, I like Alan Tudyk as well. I was surprised to hear it was him. I had to look it up because if you had told me he was voiced by an actual parrot, I would have believed you. Yes, I would. I too. would have believed you because he says a similar amount of words that a real parrot <laughs> would probably say in the length of time that this movie happens. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really disappointing. Like totally cut out the, that whole character. And like, I really liked Iago in the original, not just because he's like a, some comic relief, but he's like he expresses a Jafar's um, frustration 
and like anger in a very expressive way without having Jafar break his character of being this cool collected evil guy. You know, yes. Jafar gets to be the like, uh, like I am a cunning, like cool guy, like evil villain, and you know nothing, nothing gets to me, whatever. And then, um, like Gilbert Godfrey is like, or Iago is kind of like his id or whatever, right? Like or the super ego, like he just comes out. He's like, ah, this is like, I'm frustrated about this thing. <laughs> well, ah, yeah, stop feeding me crackers. That's exactly what Gilbert Gottfried is is good at is yeah. like complaining like that <laughs> and uh and and so you love to hear it. it it's uh you're right it does give jafar it's like an extension of jafar's personality but let jafar retain this cool guy uh you know persona yeah but the relationship between them is clearly justified because jafar regularly praises iago's uh comments for how like evil they are and, yes. and so, like, so it makes perfect sense that he would keep this <laughs> bird around you know yes and also like when he's uh when he's stealing the lamp whenever he's like J- he's, and yago does the jafar impression i love his no <laughs> 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 oh, you really i done yourself <laughs> yeah that part was freaking hilarious that was like he was chomping off of uh the the genie's bit because genie oh yeah well he also like um, does the impression of uh, jasmine too and it's good enough to Full Aladdin to pull him out of the the uh That's true. Out of the castle. When he so. pretends to be a flamingo at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Iago is such a multi-dimensional character in the original. And to have him just basically disappear or be re- reduced to the point that he almost doesn't exist in the in the remake yeah. is is definitely disappointing. Yeah, well like what happens to him in the remake is he gets turned into a giant version of himself and then he's chasing <laughs> Jasmine and Aladdin through the streets, which like I feel you have to admit looks great even if it is ridiculous it's totally ridiculous it was like I don't know it it was like one of those I I thought he was turning into a dragon I legitimately thought they were going to go Game of Thrones they're like we we now know it is proven scientifically that people like dragons so we're going to turn Iago into a dragon and and check that box you know that's basically what it felt like to have it's just like okay he's such a departure from the Gilbert Godfrey uh yeah oh, yeah it's it's just not well and, and just getting back to their relationship with each other for me it doesn't really make all that much sense for him to keep iago around the new the the newer drier uh jafar Water down yeah he, he doesn't really seem all that like he's not being evil for the say he doesn't really appreciate evil like the cartoon jafar does mm. and this parrot isn't exactly saying all the evil stuff that you'd want to hear so he's kind of keeping him around just because the original jafar kept him around it just yeah. it's like he, he's got a parrot because he has to have one but that's it that's the only reason and he says yeah. stuff every once in a while and he goes and scoops up the the lamp but other than but that it's almost like they wanted to cut yago all together yes you know? yes I based on how little feeling. he is in this movie yeah okay but then there's abu right so abu in the original um he's like this cute and helpful monkey um he's like he's not like i, I feel like aladdin is a dynamic enough character that he doesn't need Abu to like express emotions for him, but because like, so Abu is like his own character altogether. Yes. He's kind of jealous and like like a little little bit scared and everything. He's just kind of a an impulsive monkey. 
Yes. Essentially. He acts like a monkey. He's greedy. He's very clearly yes. greedy. Like the part he sees that giant <laughs> ruby in the cave of, of oh wait, is it the cave of wonders? It's the cave of wonders, not the cave of mysteries. I don't know. Okay. Well, he sees that <laughs> he sees that like big old red gem in the cave. And yeah. he, his eyes like light up with the reflection of the thing. And he's literally licking his lips. Like that's how that's how greedy he is. Like it's it's almost like satisfying some sort of hunger for him yes. to collect rare gems and, and coins. And, and that and that one gem was especially good. Like it was especially huge, you know. Versus like the one in the in the remake, it's just like any other gem they had passed along the way. It just happens that that one's red, so that's the one that he has to grab because in the original he grabs the red gem. Right. Yeah. And I love how the one in the original is also a monkey already holding it. Is it? I thought it was a hippo. No, it's like a gorilla, isn't it? Okay. I don't remember. Oh, now you're making me doubt myself. But <laughs> either way, I love how he like puts it back and tries to pretend everything's cool. Like he so, just melts. He's so <laughs> yeah. And he's so shocked that it's melting. And that's okay. And, and what we're saying right now, what we're expressing right now is exactly my point. The cartoon versions of Abu is so much more expressive. He is his own little character because he doesn't actually look that much of like a monkey. I mean, he does, but he's like he's got. Like a giant eyes, and he's got a smile. Things that a real monkey doesn't actually do, right? Versus the remake, where he's just like a CGI uncanny monkey, and he looks like a capucha, right? He looks like a little monkey, but he's also like he's got this weird, like, like he's definitely not there kind of vibe, you know? Like, yes, it's like a monkey with no soul. Like he's like out doing stuff, but it's like who is Abu? And I mean, there are definitely parts where it's kind of cute. Like he is kind of like a little monkey, and that's and he's obviously really good at his job. He definitely picks a lot of pockets and gets things done in the film. But uh, I just didn't feel myself uh, finding that same affinity for him. The new one, he looks kind of creepy versus the the other one, which is he's so cute and like fun. Yeah, and then when he gets turned to an elephant, there's all these great gags where he's trying to open bananas. <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude, when he tries to open the banana and it shoots him in the eye and you're like, oh man, like he's definitely trying to open that banana. But then he throws the peel into this enormous pile of, of like banana peels. Like he's obviously been failing at this for a long time. Oh, what a great gag. Like, <laughs> Yes, and when he's tied up in the in the net and he's just like, <laughs> you can see his, like, little, his, like, his flesh is just like pushing through the, the, the holes in the net. Yeah, it's like it's great. Like him, like first he has all these great monkey gags, and then he has a great when he's an elephant in a like a monkey who's like now an elephant. There's all sorts of good stuff with that too. Yeah, yeah. Just look at that trunk space. <laughs> they don't. They totally extend that like conceit so far. It's so funny. Yeah, uh, but like I didn't want to like have a whole section for the carpet, but like the carpet is like very similar to a boo. I feel like in the in the um, uh, what's it? Shoot. Um, in the original. Um, the carpet is so expressive. It doesn't have a face or anything, but you can tell like it's emotion and everything. And then in the remake, it's just like, oh, the carpet, it's, it's, a, it's a thing, I guess. You know, it doesn't, it kind of expresses itself very mutely uh, as opposed to how it does in the, um, the remake. What, I mean, the original. Wait, what do you mean? In the original, it's pretty mute as well, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Like when you first see the carpet, right? Like, and he comes out and he's like messing with a boo and then he, he shows up there, right? And then, uh, I don't know, I guess a boo, like, shoes him off. And then the carpet, like, bends in half, and it's, like, waddling away. Yeah, like, it's sadly. Just like, like, yeah, it's like, I can tell that that carpet is sad. I don't know how you did it, but there it is. Like, I don't know. It's just like, Well, yeah, it's very, um, it's very Fantasia of yeah. Disney to be able to give an inanimate object a lot of personality without even having, it can't talk, you know? Yeah, and, like, 
that's only possible in like a truly animated film that's not concerned with making things look realistic or anything like that I don't know. I, I felt like of the sidekick animals, if we even want to include the carpet in that conversation, I feel like the magic carpet is the one that held up the best um, okay. because I, and we'll get to this as we continue with Raja. I just feel like making the animals look very realistic removes so much of the like personality from the character. It uh, it makes them hard to care about in the in the remake versus the magic carpet, which it doesn't have eyes. It, it It's never real, right? It, there's no such thing as an actual magic carpet. So it does retain some of the same characteristics. Like it, when it first runs into Will Smith, like they like shake hands or whatever. He's like, give me some, uh, give me tassel. Give me some tassel. Yeah. Which is funny. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. It, it, that one for me held up the best, but I agree. They didn't even keep that same scene where the carpet gets sad. Instead, this yeah. time, the reason the carpet has an affinity for them is because they free it from being underneath that rock. So, okay. oh yeah. So the last like animal sidekick that I want to talk about is Raja. And um, I don't think Raja really plays that big of a role in either film. Um, but again, it's just in the, the original Raja is kind of like this emotional support animal for Jasmine. It very clearly empathize or he very clearly empathizes with her for her being lonely, but also Raja is sad when Jasmine leaves. Cause just like Jasmine, I don't think Raja is allowed to leave the palace. Yeah. Uh, but and he also serves as kind of the muscle for Jasmine. The reason none of the suitors are able to stick around for very long is because Raja is always biting their underpants, and uh, <laughs> and that's kind of the that's kind of the story with the the new one. They definitely have like a really kind of chilling bit where the uh, that like goofy prince shows up and he's like, oh, it's a cat, yeah, yeah, and then Rawr! and like you see from the outside and you can only imagine what part of that guy's body just got mauled off, but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but I mean, for most of the film, people are not nearly as afraid of that tiger as they should be because it's an actual live tiger right next to them. And they're like, Oh, you know, it's whatever. Um, yeah. and, uh, but it, it also just basically, it's the muscle for Jasmine. When, when things get harsh, they have to take out the tiger before they can deal with Jasmine. Right. Cause obviously the right. tiger's going to do whatever she says. So, yeah. But again, like in the original, he's like way more expressive. He's, he has like facial expressions that move with like his emotion and everything. And then in, in the new one, he, the remake, he's like a tiger, right? And like, he like, the only way that you can tell that he likes Aladdin or is like not mad at Aladdin is that he like kind of, he doesn't growl at him, right? Right. And that, and that is like surprising, I guess. That's like indicative of him as a person that Raja is able to be like, give him the thumbs up or whatever. So, but anyways, as I, in general, I feel like the real, making the car- the animals look realistic didn't do anything for me it only made them only diminished them as characters and i'm really interested to see how the new lion king works out because they're also gonna they're gonna be exact same situation except every single character is gonna be doing this yeah i don't know i i don't know yeah i don't know either that that cast is so amazing for the new lion king but they have to deal with this so we'll see do you think it'd be better if they were all dressed as animals like in animal costumes instead of being live action animals like it was like a Broadway play. We'll get to whether I think they should remake these movies or not when we get to the okay. conclusion of this. You know, because I think that this our analysis of this movie is gonna help us decide uh, okay. more generally. But let's continue uh, with our story differences. How the story versus story, how it changed. Yes. So like they are very very similar. We've already touched a lot on the the small differences that they've made. Things like Yog adding or diminishing Yago's importance. Putting up the the uh, 
the handmaiden as like an as a character that has lines and that she like influences Jasmine's decisions and stuff. Um, but I don't know, like this story is kind of there's a lot of elements in it that are very much iconic and traditional, right? Like the love story um, that kind of frames the whole movie, the repressed princess, the lovable tramp, and the bad guy obsessed with power. These are all kind of tropes that are used in, in many other stories too. Um, but like Aladdin is just, it's just tight. It's fun. It's easy to understand. The details aren't as stressed nearly as much as the messages. And the twist at the end only supports the big theme of like, um, uh, like slavery or not, I shouldn't say slavery, but being trapped, you know, being in a, in a prison of any type. Um, and uh, it's all set up so nicely with the existence of the genie and uh, all the things that he does. There's this nice contrast um, that like Aladdin is unlike anyone else. I don't know. It's just a really, really nice visual movie. And the story is very, um, like it, it, it uses the visuals so effectively and everything. It just does such a good job with what it's got. And what it's got is some simple elements expressed in a very unique way. As for the new one, like it's it's like again, it's very similar, right? Um, but like there's this weird forced love story between the handmaid and the genie. But I don't really I don't really know where that came from or why that was necessarily needed. Um, and I guess the I guess you're saying like the genie is human or wants to be human, so maybe that that kind of ties in nicely. Um, there's all these little things like you have to make sure you rub the lamp or can't touch the treasure or genie magic means she can't recognize you all these things are kind of repeated and stressed very heavily um to cover i guess plot holes like it i saw this um video i think it was um lindsay ellis did a video about beauty and the beast the new beauty and beast remake and how they spent all this time like putting in all of these extra elements in the story to cover plot holes i guess from the old one and she's like you're missing the whole point you're only making it more complicated for no reason Everyone likes the original because it has this story that comes through despite some of the inconsistencies, right? To address the plot holes directly is to let CinemaSins win, is essentially the idea, right? Like letting the people that nitpick movies say, you're right, you know, you need to cover up all your plot holes and stuff. Like, go above that. You're, you're a huge studio. You're a movie making industry. You know, you should be uh, telling stories and not worrying about like, oh, does this tiny detail fit in with this? As long as it doesn't distract from the entire message of the story, then you're good, you know? I don't know. It's fun to pick apart things and nitpick things, but ultimately, like, it's really about the feeling you get from watching the movie at the end. And if you feel like, oh, they got bogged down in the details, that's what you're going to be left with. I liked having Jasmine, with, give, giving Jasmine more agency, um, but it kind of comes at a weird price, right? Like, the make, making her... Want to be Sultan is is a great change, I think. Gives her more power and stuff. But, um, I mean, it kind of comes to the expense of this guy, Hakeem, which, like, he's only in there for her to kind of turn around 360 degrees. Um, and then it just kind of, I don't know. Um, I, I would have liked the story better if, if uh, Jasmine had made more agency-related, like, uh, decisions. You know, if she had been a bigger part of the actual decision-making in the story, if she had been the one that tricked Jafar at the end, you know, instead of Aladdin coming up with the plan, you know, to tell him to be a genie, if she had done that, that would have been an interesting and awesome twist. If they had made this movie to have to be focused more on Jasmine, if this has been called Jasmine, but it had been a Aladdin remake, I think I would have been so much more on board. That is actually a great idea. I can't believe they did. They almost did that. 
Yeah. I can't believe they didn't just go all the way. That is an interesting twist on the whole idea of remakes. What if they did like it from the from a new perspective like that? Tell the same yeah. story, but basically change who you're following throughout? Because yeah, Jasmine could have been I mean they they did. They gave her a lot more agency, but why not go all the way? I don't know. I mean, I feel like they had to fit into those little bits, you know, like we have to hit every one of these things. Mm-hmm. But they changed like there's little tiny things they changed, just made the story I felt like more loose and like more confusing. And then they spent all this time like repeating things so that like you wouldn't miss anything in, in the like in the uh in the original right when uh, uh jafar throws aladdin into prison you don't know that aladdin is still alive until you see him still alive in the prison which is in the very next scene but in the um if this was in the remake if that if that scene had been in the remake then you know as soon as jasmine walks away yago would have popped up and been like i uh, i thought you didn't kill him you know like that would have been <laughs> explained right there and then they would have shown him you know like it doesn't there's so much in there that's just like extra dialogue that doesn't need to be um, because the story is so simple. And like, obviously, this movie is for kids and everything, but the original was also for kids. And there were so many elements in that that worked really well. That was a very clear and concise idea that expressed multiple things at the same time um, for both kids and adults. Like a great visual gag is when they're running through the, um, uh, the streets, right? And then Aladdin ends or all the, uh, the soldiers end up in what's it called? Uh, crazy Hakeem's discount fertilizer. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a great gag for kids because like they end up in a bunch of manure, right? It's a great gag for, for adults too. Cause they read the sign. You're like, what the heck is this crazy Hakeem's <laughs> discount fertilizer? That's hysterical. <laughs> like that, that works on both levels. So perfectly for almost the same reason. And Aladdin, the original Aladdin works for the, on that level so well. Whereas the remake is like, this is for kids. Don't forget it's for kids. You aren't paying attention. You're not a kid. Pay attention. Right. We're making the story more convoluted, but it's still for kids. So get ready to hear the same thing over and over. So we make yes. sure you get it. Yes. Anyway, I don't know. It's just like all they did was take the story, make it worse. <laughs> that, I mean, that is kind of an oversimplified version of it. But yes, there, there are some things that I wasn't like a huge fan of. I mean, one thing I think they may have improved on, and I think uh, this is just kind of a result of more PC stuff is getting rid of the Agrava salesman at the beginning, who we said earlier was allegedly played by the genie. Uh, it's obviously played by Robin Williams, but yeah, I think that he tried to avoid the, like, I don't know, the Arab, uh, Arab stereotype, stereotype in this, yeah. in the remake, which I think is a good thing to get away from, you know, that looking back on it, there's some things where you're like, yeah, this is fine, but I, I don't know if this would pass today. You know, I think people might have a problem with it today. Yeah, but like I don't know. It's like, I, like when I see the original Aladdin, and I and I and if you were to make that argument to me about th- some of those things, it'd be like, yeah, in a vacuum, sure. But this whole movie, on a whole, justifies its entire existence that way. It's supposed to be fun and carefree, and you know, it's supposed to be not taken super seriously. It's supposed to the message is so much more important than those those little tiny um, details. It makes me. It, like normally I don't say this, but it makes me feel like maybe we're a little too sensitive about some of those things. Yeah, no, and that's true. Because if you somebody tried to argue to me that the beginning of Aladdin is racist or that Aladdin 1992 is canceled because of that scene, I'd say that's yeah. totally ridiculous. And I don't think that's very, uh, I don't think it's very offensive. But I think having Will Smith pretend to be an Agrabar and salesman and the new one could have potentially been worse or had its own repercussions. So, which is a consequence of doing it live action. Yes. Right. I mean, like, I mean, 
uh, you could argue that the original one was like whitewashed because it was all white actors that played, you know, um, brown skin characters. And then in the remake, to its credit, it has it casts, you know, a diverse cast, uh, which fits in with the theme of the or like the setting of the movie. It is. Right. Uh, which is, you know, nice. I like seeing new people and stuff, even if I can't remember any of their names. Yeah, Agrabah um, so, is supposed to be a place of a mix of cultures inside yeah. of the city. So yeah, that, that is good that they included that as well. But it also feels like a bullet point, you know? It's just like, oh, we're like we've seen how this has gone in the past where like if we don't if we get just white actors, recognizable white actors to play our main leads, then you know, people are gonna be very upset and they're gonna they're gonna say we're canceled and that all this stuff. So we have to do this this way. You know, it, it stops being about like telling a great story and it starts being about checking your boxes. Well, uh, another difference between the movies was the way Jafar determined who the diamond in the rough is, because in the original, he steals the sultan's ring or basically, you know, manipulates the sultan into giving him his ring. And then he uses the ring to command the sands of time to tell him who the like diamond in the rough is. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, it was just more magic, right? He was already a sorcerer. So I guess that's kind of uh, consistent. Uh, and then. Which, you know, whether you like that or not, the new one is even less clear. There, Jafar is just like, well, Iago tells Jafar that there's a thief in the palace and they watch him and they're like, ah, that's the one. He's the diamond in the rough. Look at the parkour skills on this guy. He obviously is worthy of entering the Cave of Wonders, which... Huh? You know, the only way that you would be able to make that determination is if you're like, well, obviously in the Cave of Wonders, there's that really tall t- like pillar that you have to be able to rock climb to get the the freaking. Right, so right. really, the diamond in the rough is just a euphemism for guys who can climb. You know, like <laughs> okay, so I, I, that was another change that I thought was like weird. I guess maybe they just didn't have it in the animation budget to do the sands of time, but I don't really think that that that's probably not the case. Um, mm. I mean, in another big change we've already kind of talked about this is um jasmine becomes the next sultan which i i feel i i feel like is an improvement it's just like an extension of her autonomy but also you yeah. could see it as kind of like a uh, another changing of the times kind of thing where they're like she's royalty she she cares about her people it makes more sense that she would rule over a lat uh, instead of aladdin who's just like a street rat like he, he has right. no ambition to rule he, i like from the perspective of like like uh women women in power necessarily like i agree with that from the perspective of it's covering the plot hole that aladdin has no idea how to be sultan it's like unnecessary it's, yes yeah and uh and also the biggest most noticeable or, or uh, most obvious change i guess is that there are new songs and for me that i didn't really care for them uh the best songs for me were the ones that i already really liked from the original and the other ones were i was like oh i guess it seems we have begun singing once again. I okay. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, I can only really remember um, a Jasmine's song, I guess, of the new songs. But even that one is like, it's very much outside of the movie. Like, I've seen this in other musicals too. I, like Jenny Nicholson talks about this in her um, uh, Greatest Showman review. She says like all of the songs, most of the songs in that movie aren't even about the circus. They're just like about believing in yourself or like being your own person or like changing the stars so that we can be together or whatever. Like, um, and, and Jasmine's song is exactly the same way in that, like, it's not explicitly about Aladdin. She doesn't talk about magic carpet rides or like being in the Agrabah or anything like that. So it makes that song so much more listenable outside of the movie and therefore will make more money on iTunes. Ah. So like, 
it's just i don't know the, that whole thing is just so cynical I definitely did listen to um, some of my favorite Aladdin songs on the way home from the theater because it's on Spotify. Although I'm pretty sure the original Aladdin soundtrack is not on Spotify. I think if you if you want to listen to Aladdin, you have to listen to Will Smith. But I might. That's sad. Yeah, I'm actually pretty sure that that's the case. I'm searching right now and only the 2019 version comes up when you search Aladdin. That's so sad. The other one, guess where the other one is? In the Disney vault, dude. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry you have to wait till it comes back out or subscribe to disney yeah. plus yeah so okay that's our that was story differences actually we're gonna take a quick break but when we return we're gonna talk about special effects versus animation the themes and how they differ between the movies and we'll get to the bottom of whether or not disney should be doing these remakes so stick with us we'll be right back well, Alibaba had them 40 thieves. Sherizade had a thousand tails. But master you in luck, cause up your sleeves. You got a brand of magic never fails. You got some power in your corner now. It's heavy ammunition in your camp. You got some punch to dance. Job you and house, all you gotta do is rub that lamp. And I'll say, Mr. Lancer, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. <laughs> Life is your restaurant, and I'm your melody. Come on, whisper what it is you want. You ain't never had a friend like me. Yes, sir. We pride ourselves on service. You're the boss, the king, the shah. Say what you wish. It's yours. True dish about a little more baklava. Add some of column A. Try all of column B. I'm in the mood to help you, dude. You ain't never had a friend like me. No, no. Okay, we're back, and we've got a few more topics for you. Our first one, special effects versus animation. Obviously, the 1992 version is animated. The new one has to lean a little bit more on those uh, that CGI, the special effects. So yes. what, what did you think, I heard Joe? so much about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing about CGI nowadays is that like they can literally do anything. You know? Like... They can make anything. They can create anything. Disney literally has unlimited resources, so they could literally just make anything. So there's no limit to kind of what the special effects are capable of, at least not in 2019. How good they look, a little bit limited. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of uncanny. There's a lot of stuff that's just a little weird. I really do feel like this movie's not going to hold up very soon. Like maybe in five years, going back and watching it, you're going to be like, ugh. What was that? Why does a boo look so weird? <laughs> it's like sticking out of the movie. He's like pasted on your TV because he looks so strange. And, but I feel like the movie does, the remake does do spectacle really, really well. And I liked all the action. I liked the trippy visual, Junie visuals. Like that's something that I always like feel like I need to credit Disney with is like their Marvel movies. Uh, and then this movie as well, like they really do heavily lean on the visuals. And I like that a lot. I really that's one of the, my favorite parts about movies is the visual nature of them. So having them constantly be like, oh, things aren't the way you seem. And like, oh, you're falling into holes and stuff. It's like, yeah, that's great. Like seeing that. Um, but yeah, again, I don't, like, I don't feel like this is groundbreaking CGI or special effects in any sort of way. The genie stuff is, is muted compared to the animation from the original. And like, when you go back to the original, it just feels so timeless. You know, it feels like it's the perfect medium already. CGI is constantly going to be improving and constantly going to be compared to real life. Like, you know, you have Abu, CGI Abu next to 
real life Aladdin, you're constantly going to be comparing them for the rest of time. Animated Abu looks just as good as animated Aladdin. You know, there's no comparison there. There, it's already done. It's perfect already, and everything just flows so perfectly. The like, the animation is just so fluid and so beautiful, and like, the, of course, the genie, of course, benefits a lot from being animated. I mean, it doesn't really make sense, I think, in any other medium. You know, this movie had to kind of the remake kind of has to wait for CGI technology to catch up to what animating a genie would actually take. Um, and I don't even know if they're there yet. Yeah. Plus, okay, there, there's one, one more thing. Excuse me. Excuse me. There's one more thing. The, um, the carpet ride when they're in the Cave of Mysteries. Uh, I'm calling that wrong on purpose now. The, um, <laughs> when they're going through the, uh, the tunnels and everything and everything's collapsing around them. And then like, they, go, they like, make that deep, steep dive and then they turn around and everything. Oh my gosh. I was just like, whoa. I was just uh, blown away. I was like, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster. This is amazing. And, like, it just looks so good. And I was, I mean, I'm just blown away by how well that, that whole sequence looked. You're talking about in the part every, in, the, in the animated one where they're like, don't, this is no time to panic. And then they see that yeah. there's a steep drop and he's like, okay, yeah. start panicking. <laughs> yes. I was just like, I was like, my mind exploded. I was just like, this is awesome. It looks so nice. And it just, uh, I don't even know how to describe it besides like, you know, it really did feel like I was on a roller coaster. I was diving down with them. I could fe- almost feel the wind in my face and just feel the excite- excitement and energy that was being portrayed to me through this movie. Um, oh, yeah, dude. I was getting motion sickness. It, it was great. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's an absolutely wonderful, magical experience watching this movie animated. Well, yeah, I I, I don't know. I guess it's clear at this point. I, I do prefer the animated uh, like I think that animation takes full advantage of the story of Aladdin more than live action does. There are yes. really good parts of the live action, though. Like we've said, I think Friend Like Me and the uh, Prince, Prince Ali, Ali. The, both of those are done really well, and the special effects are, are amazing, and they're, they're, they are a spectacle to behold. But I feel like with animation, it's easier to uh, keep track of what's going on. Like th- there's way more, there's like a-, a joke every five seconds. You know, they're able to uh, show you exactly what they want to show you versus the uh, the newer, the CGI version, which is more throwing a lot at you at once. It's, it's almost impossible to keep up with all the different things that are happening on screen, which together gives you this idea of splendor and spectacle, which is great or whatever. But I feel like it's a lot easier to retain and appreciate what happens in the original version where you're, you're like, okay, this is happening now. This is happening. It's, just, it's, it's a lot less cluttered and more a series of thought out uh, sequences. So that's something that I liked yeah. a lot more about the original, even though I enjoyed both spectacles a lot, especially in those two scenes. Another thing is with cartoons, you can be a lot more just silly and hyperbolic. Um, I, I, one of the things that felt like the magic was we're losing a little bit of the magic is how real things had to be in the new one. Like in that, like I talked about in the this, the opening, or well, when Aladdin's getting chased by the guards and singing that song about being one step ahead. Um, it felt like he was actually being chased by guards in the new one where it had to kind of make sense. He was doing parkour. It needed to be things an actual human could do where in the cartoon version, it's all totally ridiculous. Like he climbs up this scaffolding and like the guys are shaking the scaffolding along to the music and they all hurl their swords and there's like 12 swords stuck in the wood (laughs) next to it. And it's, and like there all these like violent gags that would not translate into real life, like stomping on the guy who's on the bed of nails, walking, like running across, the hot coals they like abu at one point 
tears a sword out of this guy's throat. He's like one of those sword eaters or whatever. He pulls it out and points it at the guards. <laughs> and we have this hilarious back and forth where the guard is like, ah, he's got a sword. And then the leader of the guards is like, you idiot, we've all got swords. <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's, no it's so you totally it's so miss cute. all of that in the new one where they just th- they stick to the reality of it you know it's yeah. aladdin legitimately escaping from a group of guards while he sings the song i feel like it's a lot harder in like live action cgi movies to get that feeling of fast-paced animation that you do in animated stuff and i think part of that reason is because when you're animating a movie like aladdin where it's um, like almost every scene is like is drawn and everything like a, there's computer help but it's all done kind of by hand like you have opportunity to insert all of these little tiny things like super quickly because you're watching the movie in slow motion while you're animating it yes you know? yes when you when you animate like a cgi movie or even like a modern day like 3d animation movie like how to train your dragon or like wreck it ralph or something like those like kind of flow more with like the speed of life right and then it's harder for you to find those little tiny instances where you can insert those funny gags and stuff well I don't know. earlier when we were discussing the uh how we both didn't realize guy Ritchie directed this until we actually sat down to see it this is that scene i keep talking about it but the part where he's running away from the guards I definitely felt like a guy Ritchie movie because of like the way that they manipulated time like he was singing yes. at the speed of the music oh, but his yeah. body and everything around the world was moving at a slower speed just to give you at least a fighting chance at keeping up with what's going on yeah and i was confused by that too like because at some points it looked like everything was sped up it was like a it wasn't like a natural speed up like they any car chase you see in a movie is sped up. It's sped up probably like, you know, 30%. So you can't, you can't really tell because at that speed, it's like, it looks nice. Um, but in this movie, it was like twice, you know, like it's, and then I guess he was singing twice as fast, which is something that they do for music videos and stuff. Like they slow down stuff and they play the music at half speed. Um, but like to have that be part of it and so obvious, like, I don't know, it was weird. And yeah, Guy Ritchie does have that stylistic nature to him where he does do stuff like that but it doesn't carry throughout the movie it's only really in that first scene it seems like it was more of an afterthought where they're like okay this does not look good let's slow him down here and speed him up here so that it looks you know so we can more closely emulate the cartoon to give kind of the effect of this being a whimsical and um you know outlandish chase scene but i don't think it really accomplishes that i think it stays mostly in reality and then adds this you know, a little bit of a sprinkles on a little bit of unrealisticness where it just gets a little bit confusing. Right. Which is like so strange because Aladdin, like heavily, the story of Aladdin heavily relies on magic in this, in this, in this kingdom, in this world. And to like have a, and, and the, uh, the remake like is so much grittier than like the original is, you know, like, even though it's like a fun kids movie, it's like set in reality and re like, the real world and physics apply to all of this. So like, we need to make sure we uh, adhere to all of that. I don't know. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't help the story at all. Right. Like it doesn't help, um, tell the story better. It doesn't bring you into the world any better. It doesn't move things along better. It's fun. Some parts, like you said, I completely agree with are great to look at. We've mastered the art of spectacle in blockbuster movies. So like, it's so clear that they've done such a good job with some of those scenes, but everything else doesn't support what we're trying to do here. And it definitely doesn't get close to outdoing the original. 
And uh, my final note on animation versus CGI, the animals are not nearly as cute. We've already said this. and I, That's like a, you know, it's a nail in the coffin, well, honestly. Yeah, well, and, and I just think, I, I don't know. I have my doubts about The Lion King after this. So we'll see. I don't want to... I don't want to condemn the Lion King before I even see it, but I, you know, I'm saying that Timon and Pumbaa yeah, yeah. aren't going to be nearly as cute. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, That's, I, yeah. I'm just saying. That's insane. I'm just going to get a, you know, say it right now. You know, it's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the themes. Um, so the first thing that I want to talk about is like the gilded prison theme. Um, that's origi- That's really present in the first one in the original. Um, there's like this whole idea about uh, freedom to make your own choices and live how you, f- how you want and that's far superior than having wealth and power and actually I have a quote from the genie that um, kind of exemplifies this perfectly but oh to be free not to have to go what do you need what do you need what do you need to be my own master such a thing would be greater than all the magic and all the treasures in all the world so this is laid out pretty explicitly here. Um, and, but this relates, obviously, to Jasmine and Aladdin, too, right? They come from very different walks of life, but they both want the same thing. They both want to be able to make choices um, and not be burdened by what they have to do, right? Jasmine is uh, uh, bound by the law to marry a prince that she doesn't like. Um, Aladdin can't afford food, so he has to steal and everything. These are things that they don't want to do, but they're forced to do because of the positions they hold in their society. Um, and because the genie like uh, allows them to kind of break this mold in a way, and then like that is so much um, more powerful when they let him go at the end, right? So it's that everyone kind of gets their freedom um, except for Jafar, right? So Jafar is it's like the the inverse of this, right? He wants wealth and power, but that comes at the price of becoming a slave, um, and he learns that the hard way. Um, because he didn't read the red tape when he decided to become a genie. So this is, this is definitely present in the remake, but it's kind of overshadowed by other things. Like in watching the original, the, this theme of the gilded prison is way is very explicit, very clear what they're trying to do. And I think it's a really I think it's a really nice message to have in your love story with magic in it. So, but the 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 remake doesn't quite hit it as hard, I guess. Like it has that element in the story because the story is built around that theme, but it doesn't it doesn't uh, talk about it nearly as much or emphasize it nearly as much as I liked in the original. Um, in the remake, they kind of focus on J- Jasmine's feminist arc, uh, which I still feel like could have been done better if she had been given more emphasis in the story. If they had gone all the way with it and not made this an Aladdin story, but made it a Jasmine story, I feel like this would have been not just a very different movie, but a very much a very more enjoyable because it would have been something different you know oh yeah they wouldn't have been trying to live up to something that i already feel like has done such a perfect job and actually trying to do something different and interesting that would have been great um like having her outsmart jafar instead of aladdin like i said that would have been a great twist at the end um to say like oh like you're after power like i know what you need you need more power so you should become the genie like that would have been a a great jasmine line and have been a great ending to this movie and be like oh this is the difference between the two, you know, that I would have come away with the, from these movies, seeing them as almost two different stories if that had, if they had made that one decision. So I don't know. It's like a, it is like a moment of an, in time, you know, uh, Aladdin because of the animation and everything, like it's from a certain era, but it lives longer 
then you know it's time in the theater it's going it's a finished product whereas um the remake is like oh uh it's constantly gonna be tied to the to the original from you know 20 years ago and it's also gonna be um constantly panned because it doesn't look nearly as good and doesn't execute nearly as well as the original does and it's uh themes and it's ideas and everything and its style of being a disney live action reboot reboot really dates it in a certain time frame um and i think that's to his detriment well just analyzing both movies i mean a lot of the themes are pretty consistent or at least they make appearances in both um and i think they're pretty good it's just more evidence to the story of aladdin itself whether it's the new one or the old one has a lot of positive things to say like love is important greed is bad just be yourself absolute power corrupts absolutely don't let others decide your life for you people are not always who they appear to be like these are all great messages to have within your film and um what you know you we can argue over who does it better i think it's getting clear who we think does it better but still i think just the story of aladdin does have a lot to say and um and i'm and i'm happy that we're able to at least analyze it so we can have uh, like this discussion to appreciate that aladdin is a really good story you wouldn't you wouldn't be remaking it if it wasn't you know yes well that's the thing okay do you want to talk about remakes now because that's what i want yes that's a great transition into what's the point of remix right what do you remake do you remake good stories or do you remake bad stories, right? Mm. Like, I feel like a, in a perfect world, which we don't live in. What? In, in a perfect world, <laughs> men like me wouldn't exist. <laughs> we, um, you, would ha- you would remake movies that were good ideas but badly executed. You know? Something like, I don't know, uh, I, like I don't necessarily agree with this, but this is the first one I can come up with at the top of my head is like um, Speed Racer, like ah, mm-hmm. Speed Racer, classic story and everything. I honestly think it's executed really well. Not many people like that movie or think about that movie anymore. But if it was made again today with today's CGI technology and done with love and care, like the original was, hey, maybe that has the potential to be something really good and it could be remade into something that lasts a long time. There are plenty of movies out there that are remakes that are classics like oceans 11 with um uh what's his name george clooney george clooners clooners and, that's uh, a remake clooners and uh and pit brad uh he uh both of them like all three of those right that they, they're spawned off of the original oceans 11 with i think Frank's, frank sinatra was in it, like from the 50s so like also um a star is born with lady gaga that's actually the yeah. third time that movie's been made right and that one is still good and and like there's changes to that that make it that update it to today. It's a classic Hollywood story, you know that that sure, you know remake it so that it, it appeals to a new audience. I feel like that movie executed on itself so well too. So yeah, and having like the new style with um, Lady Gaga and and all that. So yeah, there you go, great example. But so when you see a movie like Aladdin, right, the original 1992 with animated with Robin Williams and all this iconic imagery in it. Do you think to yourself, ah, this could be done better? <laughs> Not so much. I don't, Not so much. I don't know. I mean, maybe it could be. You know, we've talked about that there's some problematic elements to it. You know, there are certain things that the new one does do a little bit better. Um, giving Jasmine more agency is, is one of those. So, you know, we've learned a little bit. Uh, we've grown a little bit as a society. And maybe our movies could reflect that. But 
if you're going to do it in this way, like if you're going to pick a movie like this, it's got to be a it's got to be something really monumental. And this is just kind of passable, honestly. Yes. And it is passable, though. When I went to see it in the theater, there were a bunch of families there uh, when I when I went to see it. And despite how I was taking it, I was watching it from the perspective of someone who had just recently watched the animated version. And I was like, this is not nearly as kid friendly. But I mean, the audience of children in the theater with me seemed to be enjoying it a lot. And uh, even right after the film, I walked outside and of Obviously, there was a huge horde of parents waiting for their children to finish using the bathroom after the movie. And the kids were so excited. And I witnessed like, you know, an exchange between a father and his kids where they were all so jazzed about uh, Aladdin, you know, and and as a kid's movie, I think it works. You know, if you want to give a, you know, a generation uh, an opportunity to share the same experience as a previous generation or a similar experience as experience to the same name at the very least um <laughs> then you can accomplish that with this and i think that some people do appreciate that i recently went to see shakespeare in the park and uh it was you know obviously shakespeare in the park is not an original they're not writing a new play they're using shakespeare's old material and yeah. it has survived for a very long time and and each I get the impression that each Shakespeare in the Park kind of, or, you know, remake of a Shakespeare play has its own kind of individual qualities to it based on who you cast as the characters, based on what your set looks like, based on where you're doing the show. All these things influence the show and it makes each one a little bit different from other ones. They're all mainly the same, but, and obviously the lines are going to be the same, but for the most part, there can be little, uh, little changes to it that uh, expose the same story to a new audience in a slightly different way. So I'm not going to say that the idea of rehashing a film or redoing a classic story is inherently bad. And I think there can be a lot of positives from that. But if it comes at the expense of new ideas, then I do have a problem with it. If Disney starts to rely on these remakes, if Disney starts to be like, we've got enough movies made now, we don't really need to entertain any new ideas, we can just keep remaking these, then that sounds like a pretty awful future for Disney. It's an interesting comparison to compare it to like, to compare it to theater, you know? I, and I, I something, that's something, a connection I would have made, but I think you're, I think there's something... I think there's something to that, except that, yeah, and then the exception of Aladdin, because it's a Disney movie that's in a vault. Right. All other movies that have been remade are just as accessible as the remix, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's, but a play is not. A play is a one-night thing, you know? It, every, if you want to see the same play with the same cast every, like for every day for a week, it would be different every time you see it. There'd be subtle changes and little differences and stuff that you would maybe pick up on if you're really paying attention. So like the nature of theater as a medium is so fundamentally different to me that I, I wouldn't have made that connection. But it's interesting because like you're updating it to a new audience, right? And like saying that, oh, you're bringing in these new people for, to this classic story. I do like that idea. Well, yeah, and, sure. and I mean, you could, uh, like, I w- here's another example, like, of Shakespeare doing the same kind of thing, is back in the day, Shakespeare had all male actors. Even the women were men, and when they kissed, it was two guys kissing on stage pretending, you know? And they were all probably white guys. But now you can have a racially diverse cast and you can have men and women out there, which, you know, is a pretty big change, similar to like changing from cartoons to 
CGI. I mean, in definitely a different way, but uh, it's another drastic change, right? That impacts the story, uh, and you just have to decide if that has any merit or not. I would argue that having a more diverse cast and men and women makes Shakespeare plays better, where CGI doesn't necessarily improve the experience of Aladdin. Um, but yes. I can see the novelty in seeing essentially the same movie uh, with slight changes to it. Right, and it's but it's like. I don't know it like you you can't have both though like you have when you have the remake of Aladdin you're in a way erasing the old Aladdin right you're obscuring it right when you talk about Aladdin now now every conversation is which one right oh yes which is like especially when you're googling it yeah, yes <laughs> and of course when you search on imdb right now the the new one is the one that comes up first oh it so, defaults on everything everything yeah. if you search for aladdin and you don't include 1992 there it, it assumes you're talking about the new one which is like i which i feel like it's a shame because i i honestly feel like the first one executes the idea so much better than the other than the remake and that's i think that's to its detriment you know the story itself like you said is iconic and it, it can entertain and, and be a wonderful experience for kids and stuff. But, like, why not re-release the old one in a way, right? Like, why not uh, have a, some sort of digitally um, remastered version or something? You know, why have the, why make it a live-action remake and then have us kind of decide or even have this conversation in the first place, I guess. It's just... Well, you know the answer to all the questions you just asked, right? Yes, I do. Money. Yep, money. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I don't understand that either. Like, I, I understand the, the, the greed to make more things and everything, but, like, there's tons of different ways that they can make money. And there's, like, I don't see any evidence that original stories are dead. You know, like, look at Frozen. Like, that was an original story from the last 10 years. John Wick, I mean, it's not a Disney movie, but that's a completely original story, Right based on similar elements in the past. Well, that's the, I mean, I, that's the thing about every remake is that originally there was an original story there. That at some point, yes. somebody came up with a new idea, and that's yes. why you're doing a remake. Yes. Oh, like uh, Wreck-It Ralph is a great example. Uh, basically, any Pixar movie besides, I guess, Toy Story 4, which is coming out, which has been in the works <sighs> for 20 years. Yeah, it's like, like, I understand the motivation to make sequels and stuff. I understand there's like a built-in audience to that, but... It, it honestly feels like a lot of studios have given up on original ideas, but there's no evidence that people don't like original ideas. But there is evidence that they like remakes. True. There is evidence people will buy remakes. Just look at us. We rushed to the theater to see this remake. We must You're love it. You're absolutely right. Must Could not wait. It. It. Could yeah. not wait. That's, the, that's like the paradox of like movies and having opinions on movies. Because I personally don't think that you can have an opinion unless you've seen it. If you say that movie sucks and you've never seen it, you're, that's, that's in, inaccurate. Or at the very least, invalid. You, you can't confirm that's accurate. Right, it's invalid. Um, but if you go to see it in the theater, you're basically casting your vote to that movie, uh, to that, the producers, telling them, I approve. You've done well here uh, to make this film. I don't know. That's like the whole irony between like marketing and like clickbait and stuff. You know, it's like all they have to, all they care about is getting you in the theater. Well, after that, that they're done. You know, like making a good movie obviously helps because word of mouth is a real thing. Um, and you know, cinema scores and all that stuff. But like, you know, all they have to do is get you to click on it. All they have to do is get you to to get your butt in the seat. That's all they need. Then they're done. So. Okay, well, glad we ended on that cynical note. <laughs> Let's 
What's our what's our overall consensus? Yes. What do, what do we think of Disney remakes in general here? And honestly, for me, now that I've actually experienced one, I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast. I, I haven't seen any of the other like live action. I haven't seen remakes. Cinderella. Yeah. I haven't seen Dumbo. I haven't definitely haven't seen Dumbo. My God. Um, but. <laughs> This does not bode well for me. This does not make me think that the other ones are good ideas. And and it only reinforces my opinion that this is more or less a cash grab. It's definitely a good business model to, especially after witnessing like, you know, parents that are obviously jazzed about their own childhood, bringing children who they want to have this, you know, grow up the same way. Uh, I think that's a genius idea. And I'm sure they're going to make money uh, off of this a lot, a lot of money, which is going to encourage them to continue doing it but from a you know perspective of a movie fan someone who likes to see excellence on the screen i'm worried that this is just going to lead to more forgettable remakes that disney's just going to continue to pump out and make money on yeah i completely agree it's i mean this this remake had a, a very heavy uphill battle there's a lot of things working against it in order for it to at all compete with the original and like we said earlier, it is passable. You know, the Aladdin, the story is a good story. And, you know, if you go to see it in the theater, you're going to have a good time because there's a lot of good spectacle and stuff. And the story is good, but it just doesn't live up to the expectation of the original. And it doesn't have that lasting effect either. It's not something that you're going to think about days later. Unlike the original, which had all this memorable and iconic imagery, all these great, like, um, amazing pieces of um, animation that is going to stick with you for a long time. So. I don't know. It's just not, it's just not as, it's not executed in a way that I enjoyed. It wasn't done in a way that makes it memorable or long lasting. And just like you said, like it's still, there's just going to be more of them. So well, makes me depressed thinking about it. Makes it makes me, yes, it does make me a little bit depressed, but it does make me feel a little bit more secure in my own opinion on remakes. This, this, now that I've seen it and now that I've, you know, we've talked about it, I feel like I at least have evidence that my opinion on remakes is, uh, you know, holds up. It, it has, there's something behind it, not just me being a hater. Um, because, yeah. That's part of the reason why we did this. I wanted to go and give this movie a chance. And to tell you the truth, I was pleasantly surprised. It was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be truly atrocious. Uh, but it does not give me a lot of faith in the future of Disney remakes. No, I don't, me either. Okay. So there you go. There you have it. Aladdin. Um, and I, again, I, and I think this is something I want to push on Apple Chat, is that as much as we come in here and tell you guys what we think it's really important that you go and form your own opinion it's totally fine to listen to critics and, and listen to other people's opinions on the movies and consider them sure but if you're just listening to that and not actually going in and, and seeing the movie yourself then uh you're just being led around you're sh you're basically a sheep so uh it, it's important to go and see these movies and make your own opinion that's what we set out to do at least yeah, and I mean, it's not like we know any better than you do. Right, yeah. <laughs> we, 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 watch, we may more watch, watch more movies than you, but that's because we like doing this. So it's just, um, I don't know, it's, it's nice to talk about, and that's kind of the reason why we like doing this, is because it's fun to come up with reasons why things are good or bad. Right, and, um, and it's how I... And, 
I challenge you, excuse me, I challenge the listeners as well, you out there, to to go through that in your own experience, you know, challenge these movies on on your own terms. Right, and uh, it's part of the reason why I, as much as I hate the new Star Wars, it's also why I love when they come out, because... It's something that everyone wants to talk about, and I love having those conversations. So, yes. um, I'm, I'm happy we did this. It was, it was nice to revisit the 1992 version and to see Will Smith again. He's like, ha ha, <laughs> come on. Also, dude, how about the freaking credits when the first thing you hear is DJ Khaled? Oh my gosh. Oh. I was like, what? <laughs> Hated it. Hated it, dude. Um, Tyler, the creator, has one of my favorite rap lyrics ever where he's like, I'm going harder than DJ Khaled playing the quiet game. (laughs) 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 Because he is so loud. I was actually listening to the credit, like, because the credit song is uh, like a remix of uh, Friend Like Me. And, uh, (laughs) And like all throughout it, DJ Khaled is just yelling. And his volume is like higher than Will Smith's. Like the parts where DJ Khaled yells something are those are audibly louder than all the other parts of the song. Just because like DJ Khaled's the loudest. That's like his best quality. And uh, nothing nothing makes this movie more modern than a uh, gratuitous DJ Khaled. Yeah, DJ Khaled. Uh, shout out. <laughs> Jeez, I can't believe it. But uh, okay, there you have it, Aladdin. We talked about it. We did. <laughs> What's next on Affable Chat, Joey? The next movie we're doing is The Big Lebowski. Yes, and I finally saw this movie this past weekend, and that's why I was like, oh, dude, gotta, we got to do an episode on this. So we'll be talking about that next week. Looking forward to it. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of Affable Chat. Uh, my name is Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Affable Chat. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. If you have a question, comment, or want to request something for us to talk about, you can reach us at our Twitter account, at AffableChat, or our email, affablechat at gmail.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.